Updog fella. Look good, feel good, play good. We got some new Adidas golf swag coming the fella's way. I don't know if any new golf swag would help your game, but, but I love it. Adidas is excited to introduce new offerings within the go-to apparel collection that allows you to bring your style to the golf course. Not the traditional golf uniform. Go-to brings a fresh attitude to the game wherever you play. You'll look good on and off the course while enjoying all the technical benefits that let you play your best. Featuring streetwear-inspired style, the go-to collection rewrites all the rules and encourages you to express your style through every swing. Explore the new go-to collection on adidas.com golf, fella. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I'm Vincent Trocek, and you're listening to Missing Curfew. Up dog, Broadway, enter to win. We're launching an enter to win contest with an amazing prize pack. Tons of Missing Curfew gear is up for grabs, obes, and fellas, as well as a sponsor pack from our friends at Good Life, at Canadips, and Melon Hats. And one grand prize winner will get the chance to throw a couple back and snap it around with the boys over Zoom. Ooh, I like the sounds of that. The contest runs from now through the end of May, Updog. Gain more entries by sharing it with friends, girlfriends, mom and dad, brothers, sisters, whoever the hell you want. (laughs) For all the ways you can enter, plus official rules and details, visit missingcurfew.com. Enter to win, baby. Thanks for coming. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a fresh episode of Missing Curfew. I'm Shane O'Brien coming to you from Hall Pass Media in Newport Beach with my boy, the Updog. How you doing, Obes? What's nice up, to be bud? back, fella. How you feeling after that weekend? Come on, I, How you feeling? I came back uh, with a couple good stories, some uh, some sore legs from from all the dancing. Uh, yeah. Nice little suntan. I thought I had a nice tan. Uh, played a new game called Padel which is like pickleball, just kind of on steroids. It's in a big cage, but had a nice little match against our boy Lupul, who made an <laughs> appearance. Um, but yeah, I had a great weekend for, for my buddy Kevin Washington's birthday. Um, had my girl there. It was a big couple's party. We left our little Isabel back here for the first time ever. So oh, it, was wow. a little, it was a little parental getaway. Wow. Uh, but man, go. I feel fresh today. Tuesday, big show, big week. Lots of lots of action going on. So it's uh, nice to be in the studio with I these saw, fellas. I saw little highlights of that game you guys were playing. You, you can hit it off the back of the fence. Is that what Yeah, Padel. It's like a Spanish game, Obes. And wow. it's uh, picture tennis with a tennis ball that's deflated uh, with a pickleball racket with little holes in it so it's it's like a it's like a paddle and basically there's glass behind the courts and there's chain link fence on the side now the ball in order for the ball to stay in the ball needs to land on the other court before it hits either the fence or the back wall if it if it doesn't hit the ground first and hits the chain or hits the back wall that's like out okay but man you can hit it off the fence you can hit it off the glass um, it, you create these rallies that can just be extended through like creativity and, and just kind of, you know what it's like, like this game, you know, instead of running 
back to get the ball. You got to run forward because the ball is going to hit the glass and come back over your head. So there's just, it's, it's like playing, you know, chess versus playing checkers, which tennis could be or pickleball could yeah. be. So it's a lot of thinking, a lot of running. And I saw the, I saw the highlights. Cody, Cody C note sent me all the highlights. It just looked like a good old fashioned cage match. Yeah. 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 It's, it's fucking fun. exactly <laughs> what it is. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's, that's it's every man for themselves. I was had his shirt off. I was like, I've seen enough of that. Oh man. God. Scoopsy. What's up, baby. Boys. Great to be talking with you guys. And I was uh, laughing at that group chat you guys had going. I thought we were talking DraftKings, and that was the wrong group chat to start talking DraftKings. So some of the boys in there were PGA and Stu were like, if this chat keeps going with uh, sports gambling, we're out. They needed some stories from the weekend. So I was laughing my ass off. <laughs> what group text was that? I don't, I don't even Fuck, know. Fuck, are we even in that one? I don't, I, had, I don't even think I'm in that one. Boys, I was you on. You guys are in that one. You guys went You guys went mute. You guys didn't respond once to that group chat. I'll, I'll tell <laughs> you what. Matty I was Oya on another. Berard. Oh, Matty Oya oh. and Berard. Okay, okay, okay. Anytime Matty Oya and B start a little group chat, you know it's going to be, uh, it can go anywhere. Matty but o- it was a DraftKings <laughs> group chat. Matty Oya was in the mix. He was in the mix for the top titty this week, and. He had David Backus in the lineup. Playing for Boston. <laughs> That's what it said, right? It said David Dude. Backus, Boston. And yeah, so I don't know. Maybe we just need to touch up maybe. Uh, so it's not on you, oh yeah. He plays for the Ducks. You got to get that software update, I think, Matty. Oh yeah. Scoopsy, what's going on these coasts? You've you been teeing again this week? How's the weather been over there, buddy? You been getting the golf rounds in? I just uh, got fresh off the course today. I got my ass absolutely handed to me by my buddy, Robbie Donahue. He was... Uh, Four up at the turn. Oh. So then I had to go with a little bit of press to save some money. I ended up I ended up saving a little bit of cash on 18 because I was stroking on 18 and I was four for three. But, man, I, I Max Homer, I think I need him out here ASAP because my putting is atrocious. I'm blaming it that it's just early in the season, but this is this is getting to be embarrassing. I mean, when you're four down the turn, that's <laughs> what my boy Luce would say. It's fucking it's, deal cutting time. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> you're like, ah, oh, let's just play nine, maybe. I want to catch a buzz in here, but you get that mood. You're just like, I need a blue light. No, you just like, press oh, him on the back. Hey, Hazy, press him on the back. Have a he hot always dog. Press. He's got to keep pressing. Ryan, the Ryan Whitney special, but he's actually a sick golfer. So you can be up on him, but you end up losing money somehow. Yeah, Whit does have a nice swing. So, uh, boys, I love catching up with you. Glad you guys had good weekends. Up dog. Um, we're going to start off with the good life milestone here presented by our, our good friends at good life clothing. Um, everyone's talking about a Pally Marlowe, 1,768 national league matches takes down Mr. Hockey, Gordy. Howe. I know you took the ceremony in yesterday at your national league pad. What were your thoughts? And yeah, it's just crazy that he's played that. It's many insane. Games. It's insane. Obes. I, you know, you guys talked about it yesterday on your show. Uh, our boy PJ, big guy, uh, flew in, good buddy of Patty Marlowe's, grew up with him, good Sasky boy. Uh, flew to Vegas, caught the show, you know, caught the show. So I was oh, getting wow. live updates. But I mean, boys, as hockey players, you know, nine hundred in a row is is insane Crazy. at at forty two years <laughs> old. And uh, you know, you mix in playoff games in there, you mix in, you know, and we'll dive into this, but bumps and bruises and block shots and you know, sore elbows and a knocked out tooth or whatever the case may be as hockey players that we deal with on the daily getting hurt in practice or having a bad groin and it just like not being the night that you can go this guy has managed to lace him up almost 1800 times boys and that's it's insane and uh you know i give credit to patty i i want to say this is anytime you used to play against the guy and and you'd be going in against a you know a battle with him he's such a strong he's he's like an ox he's he's like a farm boy and you know 
I see him playing that heavy game and you know, he skates so well, which is why he's been able to play in almost three generations. Um, but you know, to all the young players out there, if you didn't know who Gordie Howe was, and not many of them do, and I, when young players, I mean some of these new guys, like I bet that's you Matthews a, and Mar- Marner kind of don't even know who Gordie Howe yeah. is. Like, and and I don't say that out of disrespect. It's just like he's been so far gone from the game. You know, the Wayne Gretzkys and the Mark Messiers, and you know, sure, even the Stevie Eisermans for these kids might seem ancient, but Gordie Howe set the you know the president of of how to play this game and how to be strong and how to be a tough you know, motherfucker, yeah. basically. Fuck, he played when he was 50. Crazy. <laughs> he played with his kid. Yeah. You know, and it's it's amazing. How old's Patty Marlowe? 42. Wow. Yeah, he played when 42. he was fucking wow. 18. Boys, 900 in a row is is playing almost, you know, 10 or 11 years straight. And that's just crazy. Right. And, you know, congrats to him. It's amazing to see it. I love how emotional he got. I love the, um, you know, I love the respect shown by by the Las Vegas Golden Knights and just every other player and and... You know, something really special. So it's it's great to see anything. Anytime a record gets broken, boys, that's been in the books for 25, 30 years, it's pretty it's pretty amazing to be part of it. So, yeah, Oppie, uh, that was uh, well said by you there. But I just think, like you said, his skating has been so efficient, and I think that's what allowed him to play for so long and to be able to play seventeen hundred and sixty eight games. Like, man, I played. 330 games and then i was like oh that's a pretty good career this guy is what he's <laughs> doing and i mean this is probably his last kick at it it's just unbelievable i love seeing him uh the impact that he's had on these players like you said these young guys and the, there was an awesome video with uh marner and matthews he's just be able to go into a dressing room and he's dealing with different personalities throughout his career and then seeing jumbo joe he's played with all these types of guys i mean his the list that he's played with is tons of hall of famers and it's just, it's honestly incredible what he's able to do. And, you know, he's been pretty relevant his whole career. Obviously, he's slowing down here with age the last couple of years. But to be able to be that relevant for this long is just remarkable. Yeah, shout out to our boy, actually. We give this guy a hard time. Steve Obradovich texted me up this morning. There's like, a, I don't know if this is true. I should have checked it before because he's a bit of a meat stick. But he said he's played with 37% of every player that's played in the fucking NHL. Oh. It is true. Anyone that one game he's played with over thirty wow. percent of every that's player that's ever insane. played. In the game. <laughs> that's crazy. And so, it's a true testament, boys. It's, it's a true it's, testament. And I think he also played. I could be wrong. Did he play four decades? He started in the nineties, so he's now played in. He's, the 90s. he's played twenty three years. Twenty three yeah. years he's played. Wow, that's insane. So he's in his third decade. He's in his third decade. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, it's crazy. And for me, listen, the first thing I noticed about Patty was his ability to skate, obviously, right? Like, that was his thing, and that's why he's still playing. And then they asked me, Uppy, and I'm going to say the same as you, is when I finally got to play against him, I thought I had opportunities to take good runs at him in the corner, and he was stronger than I thought. I mean, he would reverse check the way he protected the puck. He's a great teammate. I'm What he did is unbelievable. But for me, a part of me, and this is no disrespect to Patty Marlowe, I mean, I, the fact that he took down Mr. Hockey... It, it hurts me. It hurts the fucking kid from Port Hope, Ontario that grew up on Highland Drive that walks the fucking rink. It hurts because I think Mr. Hockey should be the all-time games played. Now, Patty did it, and Patty's a great player. Now, he's probably going to be in the Hall of Fame because of his, what, 500 fucking goals he's got and all these games. He's a Hall of Famer. To me, it's an unbelievable feat, but pardon me, I was a little choked that he took down Gordy. Just like I might be choked if Ovi takes down Wainer. I may be. You know, I love For Ovi, sure. but to me... 
it's an unbelievable from an ex-player's perspective. The way he took care of his body is great, but from a the kid from grew up in Canada, fucking Mr. Hockey ups. I mean, it was crazy to me. I, I I totally agree with you, Obes. But at the same, you know, in the same fashion, we're you know we're thirty fucking seven years old. We played this game that we loved as a lit for a living, Obes, which is, you know, it, it's a dream come true for us. Now, Patty Marlowe, this goal that he just reached is something he probably like never even thought about for years and years and years. And then all of a sudden there must've been something that lit, like lit up inside him and said, there's a chance that I could pass Gordie Howe. And then that feeling alone for, for another Canadian guy to realize I can chase someone's record that I looked up to as a kid. It was the same reason I showed up to the rink every day is to watch Gordie Howe and to wear number nine, or, you know, that was Wayne Gretzky's favorite player when he grew up. To me, just to know that dreams can be achieved and records can be broken, this record in particular being just the longevity uh, aspect of, of the way the game has, you know, wore on our bodies. I see the way you t take a golf swing sometimes after the weekend. I, I know the way <laughs> some short, it's a little short. Probably. I know the way sometimes I wake up out of bed after a two or three day bender. With it's, a morning boner. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, that too. Well, 100%. Sorry, I didn't mean to throw you. No, you got to bury it. You got to figure out to do with it. <laughs> um, it's just dreams can be yeah. achieved. And I just think Patty Marlowe, you know, will be, uh, you know, someone that these young kids now look up to, whether it's a kid in San Jose or it's a kid yeah. in Saskatchewan or it's, you know, Matthews and Marner who got to play with him and realize he's a great teammate and a great person. I just think it's it sets you know, this, this achievement for, for everyone. And that's, that's what hockey's about. It's a lifestyle, it's a game, but you know, for us, it was, it was the way we lived our lives. And, and now, you know, you just add another guy to the record books. And I think it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I think that records are made to be broken. And I just think it's really cool that it was a guy that I actually got a chance to play against. And now it just gives another kid a goal to kind of strive to get to. I just, I, I'm, I love seeing records get broken especially ones that have been around for a long time. Yeah, maybe I'm the old... I do know what you're fucking saying. I'm the saying. old crusty vet. I right? know, and fucking Gordy Howe dropped his mitts every fucking game. Gordy have a dart in between. <laughs> yeah, totally. No visor on. <laughs> I hear you. Fucking wooden stick. Like, Patty Marlowe's out there skating around with guys that fucking... I mean, I watched him play last night. Granted, it was the 1768 fucking game, but it was a men's league <laughs> atmosphere out there for him. Like, he didn't get hit. Listen, uh, what he's done is unbelievable. I don't yeah. want to take anything away. I played... I was lucky to play over 500. If I would have taken care of myself a little bit more, maybe I could have played a few more. I would have, right? I wasn't the best pro. I'm not going to say 100%. Serious. But what Mr. Hockey All did, to the, what Mr. Hockey did to the game, Uppy, for me, for Patty Marlowe to break his record, as a fan of hockey, I was a little bit shook. I was a little shook. Like yeah. I was happy for him. I clapped, <laughs> yeah. right? I, but I was shook, Uppy, and I, and I respect Patty. I played against him a lot, and and I, I know I, I may be wrong in this situation. I know we talked about it before, but that was kind of my feel on it. But it was a beautiful thing, and. I also brought up, listen, nobody talks about us anymore because we're done. You want to jump in? No. No, because no. nobody talks about us because we're done. But when you play that many games, it opens up his career, right? He's going to be a Hall of Famer. I said something yesterday on the power play to Cools on Sportsnet to the boys that I thought he was a little soft come playoff time. I thought all those teams, and I feel I have a right to say it because I went into the Shark Tank and took minus three, minus four in the regular season. I took it on the chin. And then playoffs would come and he would go quiet. Now, is there anything that's ever going to be said about that or that's just playoff hockey and it's a different situation? Or did you have that feeling of Patrick Marlowe at all when you watched him play in the playoffs? Now, I think playoffs is a whole different atmosphere. And this is a record, Obes, that 
it's it's not a perf- it's not a performance record really right it's a longevity record yeah. it's it's changing yeah. your game to stay in the lineup day after day to to understand the game the way it's going where it's been your different coaches you know being part of transition in San Jose now granted San Jose always had good teams that helps a guy stay in the lineup all the time that helps a guy stay healthy it, you know you play on good teams and good lineups and um it can only help. You're not grinding down on the fourth line. No, he he knew how to stay For elite. Sure. Now, sure. come playoff time, there's a reason why, you know, the Hall of Fame is separated by guys who were great regular season players and then guys who knew how to win cups. Yeah. And getting into the Hall of Fame, if it's if it's A or B and B has fucking three cups and A doesn't, this guy's B's getting in. That's it's what did you do in fucking when the championships on the line? Yeah. How many times did you raise Lord Stanley? That won't be a determining factor for Patrick Marlowe because of his longevity. And it's, it's not 900 goals and no cup, you know, it's 500 goals, a million fucking games. And you know, you got to give the guy credit for that. Yeah. And that's no, you're right. So, you're so right. playoff, you know, playoff hockey, man, that's, that's a different animal. And you don't know what these guys you know, when you say soft, like I understand, you know, some guys just bear their face down and they work extra hard and they put their body on the line come playoff time. And those are the type of guys you follow. Mm-hmm. Is Patty Marlowe that guy in the playoffs? He's probably not. Does he overextend himself and put himself in, in tough positions ever? I don't think I've ever seen him try to really go and hurt someone or, you know, get in someone's face and, and try to be that guy. He's yeah, and, not. and that's what I'm saying. I And listen, a lot of times I was watching them, either I was still in the playoffs because they had a lot of first-round exits ups. They did. And I'm not saying probably Marlowe. He was the go-to guy. Him and Jumbo, they were the go-to yeah. fucking guys. And you could put a little bit on Jumbo if you want. Or you could put it on bad luck. Listen, I only got to the second round, but I wasn't a superstar player. Patrick Marlowe was. And now that we're talking about him, it popped into my head that, like, some playoffs, he was fucking invisible. And that's all I was saying. And if, if there was guys that I played with that during the regular season were unbelievable and come playoff times, for whatever reason, Broadway, they just... I don't know if they got shut down or what nerves or pressure. It was just what I thought. Yeah, I I mean, you guys have said it well. I don't want to keep repeating it. I didn't get to play against them at all in the playoffs. But that's why he, he's obviously a Hall of Famer because of what he's done the regular season. And he's been on some of those unbelievable San Jose teams that never got it done. And maybe that's why. Did he not play with enough jam? I mean, according to you, no, he didn't. But I just think this record just speaks about how relevant he's been able to stay and keep himself in this league. Absolutely. And listen, I'm not disagreeing with that. The way he took care of himself, the way he adapted to the game, it's unbelievable. You're right. That's just one of the things. If you break the all-time record, people get their opinion, right? They're like assholes. Everyone has one. I'm talking my opinion when I think back at Patty Marlowe. Wow, I can't believe he broke Mr. But if you maybe would have had a little more mm, in the playoffs, you might have a cup to go with it. That's all I'm saying. But... To him, congratulations. I'll tell you what I do wish. I wish I had his fucking bank account, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. what's his career earnings? They got to be like over 100 bananas almost. So, yeah, he's um, up there. 1768, Patty, congratulations. Uh, maybe I'm picking on you a bit, but it's, it's an unbelievable feat. What do we think? Uh, when's he going to stop? When, whenever the season's over. You think so? This I, is last year. You I think that he's so. done? I think so. Wouldn't you? I think if he still has this Iron Man going, someone's giving him a fucking contract. Yeah, maybe. I ha- yeah, I think he's one of those guys not? that like, gets and, the but, call quits on his terms. Yeah, which is crazy. That's but that's that's another. He's got the Iron Man. That's going another too. thing. Is like a guy like him, with his you know the way he's respected throughout the league and the co- like from coaches to GMs to you know just what he's done with young kids in Toronto. 
you know, Pittsburgh picks him up for the run. Doesn't work out. You know, he's in Carolina, but he didn't really go, right? No. He so did he go? Did he go, no. did he go to Carolina? No, I know I he got he traded, but he didn't go. He went no, home. No, no, no. So is it San Jose? Does he want to keep going just because? Like, I mean, those are questions he's going to have to, you know, sit down and talk about. But does he still deserve to play if he, if, if he, if, if the game picks up that much more, let the like, young kids play. Let the young kids play. Fuck! <laughs> I used to yell at. No, oh. I mean, Uppy, you're probably right. I just, I just, th- that's what I thought about when I started thinking about it this week because of wow, how crazy it is that he did it. I remember talking at the start of the season, being like, Uppy, fucking Patty stays healthy, he can do it. So, uh, congratulations to him. That was just my two cents on his playoff career, which you're right, it's completely different. Seventeen sixty eight. Congratulations. On a serious note. We're going to move to the Vancouver Canucks and the battle they went through with COVID. I had talked to Greener, text a little bit throughout it. He got pretty sick, and a lot of the guys on the team did. And obviously, JT Miller coming out with his comments, bought him a couple days. They fucking came out and won a game. Was it the prettiest game? I watched the whole thing, Uppy. But just your thoughts on them coming back, finding a way to get it done. It, it wasn't pretty, but it was a character win. Yeah, it was. It was, um, it was something that... Everyone kind of had their eye on, right? Like, especially if you gambled. And I know yeah. us three like to throw in. <laughs> you a text me, you're like, you didn't take the fucking. Uh, well, also, it. but I, I didn't touch it. But also, like leading up to it, before JT Miller came out after the first practice, where I bet they went out and just had the complete rubber jelly leg, like lung issues. Like, I mean, let's just COVID in in a bad form affects your lungs and your breathing. If for for a long period of time. These guys, you know, 19 of them got diagnosed with it. Who knows how, you know, many of them actually struggled with the, you know, with the severe effects. But even yeah. if it's, say, you know, five guys, that's too many to have pushed back into a lineup 10 days after, you know, yeah. with one practice. And then I, I heard some of the guys weren't even able to get a practice in. They were just going to have to show up and pregame and then play. So I'm glad JT said what he did. Um, and I'm sure everyone heard that, but you know, he's a competitor and he's like, and I love to compete, but there's no way this is fair yes. and we're going to get hurt and we're playing the Edmonton Oilers. And <laughs> yeah. after we saw what Connor McDavid did last night against oh, Montreal man, in the crazy. third period with fucking eight minutes left, you know, he, there's no way these guys would have lasted. Now they got five more days and then they play the Toronto Maple Leafs. The line was minus three sixty, minus 400 and closed out minus okay. 363 in my book, minus then, 400 on mine. And then, lo and behold, they should have probably lost about 7-1, right? I mean, but they have a comeback. Like, it, it, score got 2 nothing, And then, you know, then they shine some light. All of a sudden, Holtby plays like he's 24 again, and he's, yeah. you know, bicycle kicking and <laughs> Billy Ranford style, actually. That was great. Um, I think it's great. I think it's it's a good little bump for the Vancouver Canucks that probably all felt down and wishing their season was over, that they didn't even have to show up to the rink anymore when they're all probably sick. You know what it's like when you have the flu. It could be the worst thing ever. Yeah. Um, but, you know, shout out to Greener. I hope he's feeling better. Uh, keep the boys in it because you never know what happens. These guys could use that, you know, win to spark maybe a little run here down the stretch. They got a lot, a lot to play for. A lot of these younger guys, um, you know, a lot to play for. I know Pedersen is most likely out for the season, yeah. what I'm told. Um, oh. But... You know, for, for those guys in there, Obes, you know what it's like in Vancouver, man. Uh, it's a great organization, a great team, a great atmosphere there. Um, you know, winning some games down the stretch would be good for that group. Yeah. yeah Obes, and speaking of gambling on that game, I I didn't even touch that game just because the teams coming out of COVID 
like the teams that got diagnosed with COVID that got missed games, I think they're probably clicking at like a five and oh, a, a five and one record. So I was just not one wasn't betting against the Leafs, and I wasn't betting on the Vancouver Canucks. But back to like the whole COVID issue, and I think they're gonna have to play sixteen games or nineteen games in thirty three days. Like yeah. that is gonna be so taxing on the body, and I can see why JT Miller because I, I mean, this is kind of bullshit. Like guys are gonna get hurt, and like just to be able to mentally prepare for that grind that they have coming toward them right now is going to be insane to have a whole team, 19 guys, just just like put yourself in, this, in their position. When you miss a week, you, it's so hard to get back to play at the pace of the NHL. And now to get a whole team back on the pace, like that's going to be a really tough grind for these fellas. And I kind of feel faithful in here. I agree. They're going to play 19 and 31 days up. Um, I should have stayed in shape. Fuck. fuck. I mean, <laughs> the boys joked on on Randeep and Dan on what it would take to get you back. I'm like, I don't know if I'd play, but Upshaw might. He's still, he's actually under his playing weight, so he could come in and play. I'm, I'm not going to be able to do it. But that game, Holpe, you said it. They So listen, I'll tell you my story. So I wasn't taking the Leafs at minus 400. Like I, I've learned no. my lesson, right? So I had it in as, at the Canucks at plus, I think, what was it finished at? 380 or something like that. And I'm like, nah, I can't do it. I'm going to take the Leafs on the puck line because, you know, like you get, they've got off three weeks. They're playing fucking the best team in the North Division. Like, anyways, they miss fucking Spezza, missed the backdoor tap, and Simmer, Holpe makes that save. Matthews missed a couple chances. Thornton missed a couple chances, and they let him hang around, and then Holpe made some big saves. I'll tell you what, the best forward was Bullhorat. He, I don't know if he got yeah. COVID or didn't, but he was jumping. But there was a couple other guys on that blue and green that looked like me back in the day there <laughs> after a long night in Vancouver. They were like Sutter, um, Miller a little bit, Quinn Hughes on the back end. These guys were tired up. I felt for them like I was watching this game being like, it's got to be a bad feeling. And it reminded me, you guys played with bye weeks, right? Oh, yeah. 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 I never got a bye week. That was, thank God. But I had the Olympic break in Vancouver where Mackell came in and I went 10 days as hard as I could. And I remember that first practice it was, we were going to Columbus the day before we left and I was sucking wind, man. Like, I mean, I was like, well, thank God we had five days till we played or else. But that breakup, as you know, as a player, you miss two days, you're, you're sucking wind. I got it. This is a funny story. I got a chance to play on the top line for the last two games before the bye week one year. Hitch was like, you know, fuck, you're going, just play with the boys. It might've been Steiner and like Tarasenko or someone. I was, I was loving it, feeling it is what you say, right? I'm <laughs> yeah, feeling, it. feeling it. So we go to Cabo five day bender with the boys. I come back two practices in and my fucking Jersey's down in the green line again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, fuck. What, if I didn't go to Cabo, I'd still be on the first line? Like, come on, what the hell is this? Oh, no, so it was, you didn't practice, your jersey was gone when you came back. Yeah, like, oh. I pretty much got back, and <laughs> for, like, half of the practice, I thought maybe I'd still be on the line. No, right, but I might even have to switch my jersey mid-practice. Hey, how good were you feeling Cabo, though? I also start break, like, fuck, boys, I'm on the top oh, line. I, I got Cabo set up, it. quitters now, let's have a fucking time. Come back, fucking green line. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was, that was one of the, you know... One of the odd times where the coach is like, where'd you go for all-star break? And you're just like, don't even should I just lie? Stayed in St. Louis. Yeah. <laughs> I stayed and, you know, got IVs and had good meals and in I, Mexico. I got a great fucking all-star story. My rookie year, actually. So Pronger and Niedemeyer go down. I go from playing fucking 12 minutes to playing over 20 for the last stretch before the deadline. And we're going right through Western Canada. We play Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, and we take it on the fucking chin. I'm minus two one night, minus three the next night. Carlisle pulls me in. He's like, if you think you're fucking going on this all-star break and fucking party and you're fucking crazy, you better be working out, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, whatever. So the next day, me and PJ are going to John Wayne Airport. 
And who was at the fucking gate but Randy Carlisle? <laughs> and I like dive behind the fucking thing. And I got PJ who's a seven footer. So oh yeah, so that sucks. Hundred percent, he saw me for sure. I, I never, I thought coming back from Vegas, I'm like PJ. There's a chance I'm on waiver, so let's really enjoy this. Yeah, so. this, it's good to have PJ if there's chicks around. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, and I'm with the seven footer. I'm like, if he doesn't see me, he's gonna see the big guy. There's no way I got on that Southwest Bourbon. I'm seeing. Me. Where was it going? Vegas. Oh, nice. He was going to Vegas to buy a fishing boat. <laughs> That's what he said. What the ch- yeah. He's probably going to take down a bunch of professionals. <laughs> uh, I had a worse experience when that that first uh, Olympic break. I got uh, I went home and went back to and it might have been a buy. I forget what it was, but I went back to BC because all my boys were still there in school. I did the seven days there, and I'm getting ready to head back to Chicago on my way to the airport. Get a text from. Tony Oman, the team service guy. Uh, we're going to send you down to Rockford. No. Do you want to come back to Rockford? So I just turned around and went right back to BC for three more days. <laughs> oh, that's brutal. But at least you get to go back and party with your college boys. Yeah, I got a 10 days at home too. So I think it took me a little bit to get going. One last thing in the Canucks game, my boy Alex Adler, who I was my D partner for a little bit, I play with. Uh, he's been a great Canuck. He had that kneeing penalty up. He, listen, we talk about high hits all the time, and I want physical play. There's no part for kneeing in the NHL. Like, every time I think of kneeing up, I think of Alf Samuelson back in the day of Cam Neely. Yeah. And at that young point, I was like, you don't do that. It's dirty. You got to fight. Probably a heavyweight after it. So I'm going to give – I think the NHL got it right with a two-gamer. In Alex's defense, in Eddie's defense, he had a three-minute shift before it happened. Like, I caught him and Myers got cut out on the, peep, on the PK, and they were <laughs> up dog sucking wind, fella. So I think with that, the COVID, I think fatigue. We've all done stupid stuff when you're tired. He sticks the leg out. Uh, just your thoughts on that. Kneeing is something we don't need in this game. No, it was a it was a play that, you know, instincts, whatever it is, if you're going to hit a guy and he's getting by you, you know, that's when, like, your elbows come up and you clip him in the head. Or in this case, you lead with your knee. And it's it's never a good outcome. You know, the best possible outcome is that you just – you know, you trip him and you give him like a Charlie horse. Whenever you stick your knee out, something bad's happening. You're getting a penalty no matter what because the guy's going to fall or whatever. But, you know, in this case, injuries happen. And now it's, you know, now it's there's a fucking spotlight on the on the incident. Um, he's not a repeat offender, Obes. And I think, you know, no. I think we talked about this. He's got but, some questionable hits, I think. I think that's like his third questionable hit. Yeah. And I, I don't mind that because... If you're not hitting guys, then you shouldn't be in the league. But yeah. he's <laughs> he's agree. a guy, you know, he's a guy that's played, you know, almost a thousand games, if not a thousand already. And right, he's yeah. got to be there. And he's, he's getting close. He's, he's getting, getting close. Really close. I just, you know, call it what it is. You know, Zach Hyman right now is one of the Leafs' best players, and I think that Sheldon Keefe says that he'd you know play him on almost any line because day in day out he's he's their best two way player, um, can play with anyone. Um, taking him out of that lineup is, it's tough. But then again, look at the trades they made. And this is why I say bring in guys that can fill spots up and down your lineup. Cause no matter what, if it's Matthews that gets hurt, you know, a guy, our boy fix, fix me with his name. Felino. Felino. Thank you. Um, he can play anywhere. You know, you can move a guy here, put him there. He's, you know, he's a guy that, you know, I think he's in quarantine still right now, but he can come in and take Zach Hyman's spot for two weeks, three weeks, however long he's out. Yeah. Um, so those are good moves that you make at the deadline. And I just, you know, the Alex Edler thing, two games, he probably could have got a little more if you're really trying to take kneeing out of, you know, yeah. to shine on it. I, That's I do up think to the they league. cut him some slack because of COVID, though. Like, the guy's been out for three fucking weeks. Like, I think if it that wouldn't have happened, he did that. 
I think maybe five, right? Yeah. You yeah. Know? So it I was think, it was bad. It was bad. It was bad. So. Yeah, it's just like you said. It's just a bad hit, and I think, like you said, he's a guy that's been around the league. He's not the, a really dirty player. He's had some questionable hits, but th- that's what happens when the fatigue sets in. He's been out there for three minutes, and the last thing he wants is Zach Hyman coming down on the rush, and he's getting hemmed in there for another two minutes. And yeah. it's just an unfortunate result of what of what happened and, and Hyman getting hurt. I mean, you wish that it was just a tripping penalty, and he goes sits in two minutes, and they score on the power play, but. I just think uh, Edler put himself in a tough spot by by being caught out there on the ice for that long. Yeah, so Hyman, Edler came out and said today, Tuesday we're recording this, that he feels awful for Hyman, obviously, which I knew he would. Hyman's got a little MCL sprain. So what's that, 10 days, two weeks? It's that, like two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, I've had a bunch. So he'll Those be okay. Be. Um, your boy Felino, though, I'll be... Talk about a guy. I talked to him yesterday on the, with Cooley on the power play. I mean, this guy, what a pickup for... I mean, he was just... Everything he said was right. He said, I'll play up and down the lineup. And then I asked him about quarantining. So he's from Sudbury. So he flew, when he got traded, he flew back to Sudbury and has a sick lake house up there with a full gym. He's like... Outdoor rink. Yeah, he's like, buddy, I'm, I'm ready to rock. I've been up here, granted, by myself, but I have a full... I'm like, that's nice when you're a veteran, when you can, you know... Some guys are in quarantine that are fucking sitting in a little hotel room. He's like, I've been dialed in. So that's going to be a really good pickup uh for the Leafs up and you called it so I just like Obes I listened to the interview and, and it was great and I've never really heard him speak nor have I really got to meet him but um, I like what he said about Torts yeah I liked how it you know up until Torts got in that that organization things were a little washy-washy and he set a precedent for how you should play how you should act how you need to bring energy to the room and you know I liked what he said when you asked him about you know having the leaders in the room you have Spezza as a captain Thornton as a captain um, you know, you have Tavares, all these guys that are, are great leaders. So, you know, what do you do? And he basically said, I, I'm not doing anything that I'm not, you know, I'm only going to be myself. Yeah. And that's what I tell everyone who I've ever been part of, you know, trading for when they come into my dressing room in Columbus, I say, we didn't trade for you to do anything else than be who you are, because that's who we know you, you know, day in, day out. When you play against us, you play like that. We see it. We want you. So I, I think that attitude is uh, it says a lot about who he is, why the Leafs grabbed him, why I think he's the perfect fit for that team. Yeah. And I, I just, on all aspects of that move, I just, I loved it. I agree. And when he said, I'm still going to go in that room and want to learn from guys like that too, blew me away, right? This guy's been a captain in the NHL for the last five years, whatever it is in Columbus. And he's like, if you're not learning in this league still to this day, I was, I was blown away by it. So, um, Canadips trade update, boys. Our good friends at Canadips, the old lip boomers. You got the you got the white ones going on here. Yeah, I'm actually feeling pretty high right now. Ah, oh, the old THC <laughs> one. This, <laughs> this one, I'm looking at it right now. There's um just looking 2. at it. Gets me high. Nine milligrams of THC in a pouch. So oh, those are the weed ones. I'm going sky high, sky high. But you like the uh, you're like you like eating the edible edibles, right? Like you don't mind them. I had an edible on the weekend. It was this it was uh, this peach like pack a punch peach one, twenty milligrams. I was what? and then I went and played Padel. I was wow. fucking seeing shit in the sky. It was, I, but it dialed me in. It was like a sativa. Wow. And I mean, I don't know. I just felt I felt mint. I felt so fresh, felt and I was buzzing around. That's Obviously, impressive. I was playing against guess, loopholes and uh, loophole and flowers, yeah. so I got to just you know totally dial in my game, and we beat them. So, Canada's <laughs> trade update here, boys. Um, let's start with me first, because I, Hazy, I ripped this Mantha, right? 
Yeah. I think I, I think I, I think I called him. Uh, <laughs> you sure did. I think I called him big and soft, right? Well, he's proven me wrong. Uh, four goals and assists in his first four games. He's getting the puck. He's getting the puck from players that can give him the puck. But from the games I've watched, every time he gets it, he's just absolutely snapping it. He he looks unbelievable. Just your thoughts on his adjustment to Washington already? I I agree with the Olds. I think he looks like a totally different player and. I think all these good big names that got moved to the deadline, they're all thriving. And I think it's the effect of uh, playing on a bad team and going to a team that's in the playoff contention. Like these guys are just, he, he looks like he's ready to play. He's rejuvenated his season and he, he fits in that lineup really well. And he's scoring at a ridiculous clip right now. I mean, he's got a goal in his first four games, the first yep. player ever in Washington to do that. Wow. And they have wow. the best goal scorer in the world there. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a feather good in his cap. Up. It's a good stat. It's a feather in his cap. Uh, I guess the city's and he's kind of won over the city already. You know, yeah. Four games in, I mean, he needed to be that guy for them. He, they didn't trade him for, you know, they didn't trade for him for anything else other than be the guy that he was supposed to be—a big player, a tough player, a guy that plays hard in front of the net. Um, you know, a demanding physical game alongside Wilson, the way Ovechkin plays. You know, those yeah. guys are those guys are big, heavy bodies, and I think he fits. Uh, he's really coming in and fitting the mold for. Has he for got Washington any County. playoff experience yet? Has That's just Detroit. Uh, you lead me right into what I wanted to say. So first of all, I'm going to say, Mantha, I put myself on the milk carton because, because you came in <laughs> and fucking set a record, up dog. What a stat! I'm interested to see him play in the playoffs. I don't think he's played a playoff game because he's been in Detroit. So I'm interested yeah. to see if he can adapt, if he's excited. Because the way he's playing right now, to start the way, like if he plays like that in the playoffs with that East Division, I mean, that could be the best pickup at the deadline because he's big, he's strong. I didn't know his release was as good as it was Uppy. Like he gets the puck and it's yeah, off he his shoots it. It's off his stick in seconds. So, uh, Mantha, I'm going to put myself on the milk cart and wait to prove me wrong. Uh, Updog, your boy. Uh, first of all, shout out to Brandon Montour. Got his first as a Panther. Looks good. 62. Doesn't matter how they go in, B. Doesn't matter off an ass and in. <laughs> but the guy that you brought up, and I agreed with you, Sam Bennett. His first game, fight, scored. Uh, just your thoughts on him. Is this exactly how you envisioned him fitting in this role for the Florida Panthers? Exactly what they kind of needed. Yeah, I think, you know, three games in. And I, I love the opportunity, and I've said this before when a guy gets traded, and I've been traded a few yeah. times. But the opportunity that is, you know, that lays ahead of you when you're a new guy that comes into a room. And especially if the team is, is going good, you have this like new life, new energy. And Sam Bennett, you know, he's in Calgary. He's in the dog days. Obes, you know what it was like to play in Calgary. They're underachieving. They get Sutter as a coach. Sutter's, you know, hard on him, probably comes in and says, we got to move this guy, this guy, this guy. He goes to South Florida. We know what it's like getting off the bird in South Florida. It's great. You know, it's, Smiley it's April here. in South Florida. I mean, Perfect weather, bikinis, tacos, <laughs> margaritas, whatever you guys want, right? And then fucking, you get to go to the rink and win games. You're playing with Ekblad, uh, not playing with Ekblad, but you're playing with Barkov, Huberto. These guys are having epic years. And he comes in and he stands up for a teammate the other night. Duclair gets ran, comes in, fights, goes, scores a goal, shows his teammates, this is who I am, this is what I'm here for. That just bleeds like positivity in the room i love the move i think it's uh i think it's a big uh jump in the right direction for florida um they got you know a nice uphill battle here facing off against carolina and tampa in that division but 
you know, they're as good as anyone right now. And congrats to Sam Bennett. I think it's a great, uh, a great start. Continued success there, buddy. If you need any help with, uh, you know, some phone numbers or uh, <laughs> a guy at the door, you let me know. Yeah, Sam Bennett, like you uh, said, he fits that lineup. <laughs> like, like he he makes that lineup unbelievable. I think because he is doing what he was what he was supposed to do in Calgary, and he makes a guy like Duclair and Jonathan Huberto a lot better. Like you said, he's going to have make space for these guys, but the energy he's bringing, he's going to back up uh, if guys get hit hard, and he's scoring goals. So I think he's going to fit nicely with the Florida Panthers, and I'm glad the Florida Panthers loaded up because there's not many opportunities to have a cup, and to go all in like they did, it just goes to show where the organization's going. Exactly. Yeah, Sam Bennett, good on you. You want to you know, make a good first impression, score a goal. To me, getting a fight. You come to my team right away, you fight. I remember Steve Downey did that right away, came in, got a goal, tilt. I'm like, I used to hate this guy, now I love him. So great pickup, <laughs> great mustache. He's got, he's got a fucking sick duster, he too. Does, so yeah. that, I think that's a great pickup for the Florida Panthers. And obviously, we're pulling hard from here. Hazy, the fucking Boston Bruins, buddy. They look like, you know, they're ready to roll again. Let's talk about Taylor Hall going in there. Looks good. He's rejuvenated David Krejci. Just that second line right now with Smith on the right side. I mean, it looks pretty good, Broadway. Yeah, Taylor Hall is making the Bruins a scary team right now. And I'd be pretty bullshit if I was the Washington Capitals and have to draw them in the four first round because Taylor Hall is adding more scoring depth to this team. And now they have the two power lines. They can – they got Craig Smith looks like he's uh, rejuvenated as well. And now you get that Pasternak, Marshan, and Bergeron line. Keep them together. And David Krejci, he's he's got the uh, what is it five points in the four games since Taylor Hall has got there, and he only had a couple goals going into it. He's a guy that is probably the happiest guy in Boston right now, other than Don Sweeney, because Taylor Hall is having an impact throughout that lineup. And the other piece the Bruins added was this D uh, Mike Riley. He was a guy that I don't think many people knew who he was, but he comes right in on that second power play and. He's picking up a lot of slack for the Boston Bruins on the back end. How about Miller? Speaking of Boston Brewers back end, how about Miller the other night when he just went fucking? Oh my god! He went into that kid, Tage Thompson. Yeah, and I played with Tage Thompson. He's he's a tall, you know, glass of milk. Really, what's he six seven? He's a monster, but he's not tough at all. I like I like the way he stuck up for his teammate, but. That Miller is a beast, man. I remember playing uh, paintball Painful. against this that guy. guy. Was like and fucking seals team seven. We, it was like twelve <laughs> on twelve paintball here. Shout out to my boy Bear, who owns Hollywood Sports Park here, uh, and took care of the boys. It was twelve on twelve. I think every game he was killing like eight or nine guys on the other team. <laughs> yeah, it was. Unfair. He was like he was so good. It was like he was. If he's not a hockey player, he's fucking. He's yeah. a uh, marine. Just absolutely. Oh, he'd be a Navy shredded. Seal. That's what he, he trains with Navy Seals in the summer. I think I was on the ice when. Kevin Miller fought that Joe Vitale. It was a, this, oh, it was, was early the last, in the season. I don't think yeah. Vitale played another game no, in his career no, after didn't. that. That was that was a scary fight. Kevin, I think it started because Ekman Larson gave me a little shot in the corner. And I gave him a shove back, and Kevin Miller and Vitale met up, and Miller knocked him out cold on yeah. his feet. Yeah, that's that's scary. Anyway, he hits to hurt, and uh, he managed to hit Tage Thompson twice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, remember how jacked that guy was at paintball too? I was like, Jesus Christ! Man. Oh, he's shredded. Fuck, he's a tank. Hazy, when I watched the bees the last since the deadline, it just seems to me like there's fans back in the garden. They've made him a couple moves at the deadline. Rask is coming back. It seems like Marshawn, especially, and Pasternak, you can throw there. They can taste the playoffs. They can fucking taste it, right? It's been a long year for guys like them with the COVID. Do you, do you have that feel that these guys are starting to really get her going? Because that's what I see. 
the whole city's getting going. It's, there's a lot of buzz with the Boston Bruins right now, and and it's starting with those guys. And I think it takes a lot of pressure off of uh, that top line. Like now they can just play together. They don't have to worry about the depth and moving around. And this team is playoff ready. And I, I just love I love watching the Boston Bruins. They're scoring a ton. I was thought the Philadelphia Flyers were going to give them a run for the last playoff spot, but the Bruins are going to run away with that. I think the Bruins are going to climb higher than fourth too. That's got to be a nice time of year right now for the boys, like getting the cities all fired up. Yeah. I mean, to all their fans well, out is, there, like, yeah, this is this is prime time this right is now. Normal playoff time right now. Right? This yeah, right now. Right now. Right now. Fucking, Coachella, fucking go. chicks. Coachella. Empire of the Sun, <laughs> fucking disco biscuits. Coachella. It was never a good sign if you're going to Coachella. That means you got an early exit or you didn't make the playoffs. I know, right? My my, there's like a three year stretch there where I made the playoffs every year and I couldn't go to Coachella. It was bittersweet, but you you you, you, and then, you then, should have just at the, the end of my career. I was like, I wish I could miss one of these fucking Coachellas here and be in the playoffs for once. That's when you were chasing mugs in St. Louis. So we got to talk eventually. Just though we got to do a full like Coachella Bonnaroo fucking podcast, we just do? to touch on. I you don't know, remember any of all. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been to one. That was my biggest regret. I don't remember much of them. I remember my back invited being me sore. One. You know what though? We got to bring on the guests and you know bring it all back. Maybe call a couple of the old babes and say how you know <laughs> how was their time? What was the best show? What was the best costume we had on? We could maybe, how many glow would, sticks did Updog have in his backpack? That would be an interesting podcast. There, that would be interesting. <laughs> so, um, Canadips trade update, boys. We love the lip boomer. So thank you for uh, sponsoring that little segment. Boys, we talk about trainers a lot in here. We talk about Frosty, fucking Moods. We love those boys. They do a lot behind the scenes. Well, this guy in Pittsburgh, I don't have his name here. If maybe you can find it. It's not a big deal. Tags. Tags? He goes by Tags. Tags, all right. Oh, he's tags. a good kid. Is tags. that who it was? Tags? Yeah. Tags. He's been there forever. Good guy. Well, fucking Tags took his couple sniffers, was ready to fucking rock Red Bulls. He was ready to go. <laughs> trainers usually behind the scenes. This guy puts it tape to tape to Crosby. Sid goes in. Buries it, points to the bench, and the thing I loved Uppy is every guy was on the bench was giving him a hug. <laughs> Back at him. I mean that that's the stuff you miss about playing, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean that's, in all honesty, when the game is on, that's the trainer's time to shine. That and when like a guy comes off the bench and looks at him and goes, left side skate. <laughs> oh, no edge. I, <laughs> I got, got no, no edge. edge. I need you. And he comes over. He rips the steel out of your skate. He fucking hammers on a new one and clicks it down, and then you're ready to rock, right? That's when that's his, you know, go to. That's when he gets the breakaway and he needs to be on. So I saw the play. Uh, it happened in Toronto, the, you know, a couple yeah. times before with Marner came in and Dangle City and almost scored, right? Or he made a backdoor yeah. pass for a goal. Yeah, they made they scored. Yeah, they scored. They scored on the play. Uh just, you know what? It's an epic time. Uh, nice I, I look back at at some of my best trainers, and those guys are guys that they fire you the sniffer. Yeah. They, you know, you have your handshake with them. Yeah, you fucking know when you need a Red Bull. They, you know, you dial them in. They know when, you know, you go to Detroit or somewhere and you, you got a good old steakhouse that you've always taken them to. They know that the dinner's, you know, dinner's on the fellas tonight and they come out and have some some wine and steak with the boys. The trainers are a big part of hockey and that's um, the equipment guys, especially, man, they put in numerous hours, you know, hanging stinky gear, fucking helping put plugs in your, in gear your that, stick gear that smells like booze eh? <laughs> yeah, fuck totally. ride your gear smells like booze there, <laughs> you know and they got to do it when they're hungover too we might have the day off sometimes yeah they don't they fucking they work their balls off so you know shout out to them i'm glad i'm glad that some of the trainers are getting recognized here because there's a lot of good yeah. ones out there hazy before i turn yeah. it over to you you talk about trainers shout out to my old trainer patty o'neill just played his 3000th game our trainer's wow. 3000th game yeah and the one thing i loved about patty is he always had the fucking ice cold coke and he's 
ready for the boys by the steamer. <laughs> uh, couple before he left GM place, right to Yale Town. So Patty O'Neill, congratulations. That's a lot of matches. Uh, those guys work hard. Up, uh, Broadway, what are your thoughts on the the trainer and the boys loving it? I just think the most impressive part is that people don't realize there's probably 40 sticks or so on that stick rack. And at any given time, they don't know what player is going to lose a stick. And him to grab Crosby's stick, deliver that goal from on a platter, I, I just loved it. And I loved the reaction of the bench. The bench was going insane. And to see them showing some love, because that just goes to show you how much the guys appreciate the trainers in this league. And it, it's, uh, it was a cool little uh, tribute for them to get recognized, too, all over social media for it. Oppie, you maybe you talk about taking the steel out of your skates. Remember in junior and when we first started where you had to take the skate off? Yeah. And oh. you'd be like, where the fuck is that trainer? Right? Like, <laughs> like you're a power player or something. You're like, I missed your complete shift. It'd take like fucking three minutes for him to sharpen your wheel. Imagine like nowadays these kids I, have to do that. They'd be like, what the fuck? Hey, I've seen some trainers who weren't in the best shape run down the hallway. Right? And that's the only time you ever see them <laughs> run and you're like, fuck, is that good? Um, and then it also, I, I when I saw this, it made me think of, well, not so much in the show because there's so many guys on the bench, but you get down to the jungle, especially back in the Ontario League. We had this trainer, Bobby Clark, I think was his name in Kingston, old gray beard guy. Nice name. He would fucking watch everything but the game. And someone would lose a <laughs> stick, and you'd be like, Clarky, up his stick. And he'd be like, fucking water bottle go fly. <laughs> and he'd try to get it. So, um, I just remember the American League two guys, and the boys would like let him have it up about it. Like, fucking wake up, pay attention. But in the National League, the, the trainers up there, they could snap it like that. They sure can. So they sure was, can. There's a lot of good ones. It was it was cool to see. So to him, good on him. To the boys, way to give him his love. Broadway Scoopsy, my boy Tom Wilson, he's up to it again. Eh? He just can't help himself. <laughs> walk me through this hit because I didn't entirely see it. I didn't see it live. I haven't seen it at all, to be honest with you. So walk me through it. You said it wasn't as bad no, as it looked, it's but just, there's no reason for him to do it. It's just one of those things. I just, I just feel for him because when I saw it, he just gets so much grief. And we're giving him grief for high hits and... It was a play, uh, Sean Crowley got the puck. It was a three-on-two. I think uh, Wilson had like a frustrated shift too, and Crowley comes to the middle, lets a wrister go off balance, and Wilson just decides to hit him right when he's going off balance. And he gets, I think, no penalty on the play, but it just made, came right to me. I'm just like, this kid can't help himself. No matter the situation, he's just always looking to run guys. And I just think there's time, the time and a place and that he just needs to lay off, like putting the guys in a vulnerable spot. Why put yourself at risk to take another suspension? And there was no call on it. It wasn't as bad as I thought when I saw the replay, but I just was shocked that this kid puts himself in that situation. I think it's a great fucking we got hit. It here. I think this kid's going to try to fucking cover. <laughs> <laughs> this kid's going to try to cover. a great hit? It's, it's Pointless. The it kid. is fucking great hit. He's coming through the middle. He's going to try to cut through the winger and the D-man and cut right to the middle to take a shot. That is, as soon as you get that middle ice, you better heads up. He comes right at him. It's not a blind side. <laughs> the guy's ducking, so he doesn't elbow. He doesn't He's do anything. He's off balance. He's off balance. Yeah, like, perfect. He's putting himself in a tough spot. Uh, it's does, just like, that doesn't even, matter. Jimmy. He doesn't have to finish him is what I'm saying. That's a fucking great. I would try to kill that guy all day long. <laughs> That's a fucking. <laughs> so would I. So you know what? But that track record, I, I'm just—I don't well, know. Yeah, I mean, I, if he likes I'll his money, that's he, a he doesn't question. walk like he—he he plays hard no matter what. He doesn't give a shit about the previous suspensions, obviously. That hit should always be in hockey because it—it's preventing goal scoring. It's—it's it's a guy trying to cut to the middle, which is the dangerous. He already shot spot. it. No, he was following through. That's a perfect time to hit a guy. My opinion. I agree. He's taking the puck to the house. You want to come in the house? Yeah. Fucking heads up. But yeah, and <laughs> he's not running at him from like across the ice. It's he had two steps and he just. He's trying to barrel into him. Yeah. And I the agree. guy's going down because he knows he's coming. 
I agree. I think Hazy. What I think Hazy's point he's trying to make his is heads that up Wilson, if you like if, your money. And just if I'm Wilson, if I'm in that dressing room, and we talked about this earlier. If I'm all, if I'm not Ovi, but if I'm Dylan on the back end or whatever, I may take Wilson out for a beer and be like, hey, listen, we love your, we love the way you play, but we don't need you suspended. No, I, Oppie, I'm with you. I mean, even he falls down too. Yeah, the yeah, the kid's but, falling, but that's what I'm saying. He's off balance. Like, like he could have. He's lining him up. He just doesn't. I don't know. I just don't think he has to finish him there. Yeah, he didn't really. There's get no to effect on the play. Is what I'm I saying. Just, kid, I'm just saying he's put himself at risk to get another suspension. I think the kid's lucky he fell down. Yeah, he totally. Got fucking ninety to fucking ninety. <laughs> and and it, that wasn't the, the only reason is because this kid is falling, right? And but if he stands up, that hit is clean, clean, clean all day. I don't care if it's Wilson or if it's fucking Wayne Gretzky throwing that hit. I agree. Just I, I, I think he's got to be careful though. Like I love, I love that hip, but I mean, these guys are licking their chops to suspend them again. So I, I hear you Broadway. And if I'm in that capitals dress room, like Willie, we, we need you out here. So, um, boys, we got, we give the veterans love here. Cause we're all washed up veterans. We got some fucking veteran guys that are starting to skate. We talk about playoffs looming in Boston. Let's talk about 86 Kucherov in Tampa. Now there's been some, you know, about the salary cap and all that. I mean, whatever he's coming back for playoffs up. He, he's going to be fresh. Are you more, are you worried about rust or listen, you got a fresh 86 coming in. Stammer's banged up right now, but we'll be back. I mean, this guy coming in the lineup is going to be scary for Tampa. Yeah, we'll see how much vodka he's been drinking over the course of the last eight months. But anytime you add one of the most dynamic players, you know, to play the game in the last five years into your lineup, I don't care where you put him. If you play him just on power plays, if you tell him, listen, we don't need you to do anything, just do whatever you do. Be in the offensive zone. Find your spots on the ice. Shoot the puck. Make good passes. It's going to be rusty. Hopefully he gets a couple games you know, in before the playoffs. I think that would be probably ideal. But if not, uh, Tampa Bay is coming off you know, an incredible season last year with them. This guy, if his hip's not affecting him right now, he's going to come in and make an impact right away, and it can only be for the better. And I think John Cooper knows that. I think the whole team is will be fired up to have him back in the lineup. Um, and he's just he's one of the best players to watch. Him and Braden Point are so dynamic on that team that you know it's it's makes hockey fun to watch. Make hockey cool again, eh? <laughs> make hockey cool again. No, no, it's true. It's but it's you know he's he's an unbelievable player. He, He's like the modern day, you know, Pavel. He's Pavel he Burr. He's fucking, fucking he's so silky and just I remember back checking on him one time in St. Louis and he came in one on one with our D man. And I'm like a stick length from him, right? So I just kind of slow down and I turn, check my shoulder to see if there's anyone late coming. Yeah. And he drags it into his feet and just rips like a half clapper right under the bar under like Brian <laughs> Elliott. And I was just like I kind of actually just started tapping my stick on the ice. It was so sick. I yeah. was like, that was the gnarliest <laughs> shot I've ever seen. So, I mean, and witnessing that firsthand, Obes, we skated with him in the summer five years ago when he was here in Anaheim. Buddy, that's what I was going to say. Before we turn it over to you, Broadway, remember he came out. He hadn't made the NHL yet, Broadway. We had this Russian agent that would let um, Gabrovsky. Is that the guy playing Toronto with Lips yeah, yeah. the Conkers? Yeah. yeah. The Russian D-man that never took a hard stride that's played <laughs> in Calgary now. What's, I'm going to fuck up his name. <laughs> And then Kucherov. So Gary Gre Gary Gre Greenstein was the Russian's name. He changed his name. So we, we go for a normal fucking August skate, and Kucherov comes out there in lightning gear, and we're like, uh, what the fuck's going on? And he started throwing sauce, and you could just tell then, Uppy, that, yeah. that his yeah. skill was through the roof. He's such a dynamic player that he's going to be ready to go. I think he's a guy that no matter what, it, he doesn't need much uh, – 
practice or a game to get back into the flow of things. And the way he plays with that high skill, he's been working on his game probably the entire time he's been injured. And it's a great time for Tampa Bay to get him back. You know, they're they're six and four in their last ten, and they they've lost games to Columbus and Detroit. So I think that Tampa Bay lineup is kind of begging for him back right now, just to add that uh, dynamic effect back to their winning ways. Yeah, and I remember we had Stammer on after they won the mug. He said this guy he doesn't really lift a whole lot. He just works on his craft. So I'm sure he'll be able to get back. And I'm going to ask our, ready to I'm going to ask our guest Trotrick about it. Like you, if you if I'm in Carolina. Florida's playing well, but do you think of Tampa, even if you beat them, you're like, fuck, all right, we beat them tonight, but they got 86 coming back here for the playoffs. So I'm interested to see what Trochi says about that. Move on to the to the central, the blender division, as we call it, the updog. Dallas is making a finally a late push. They're coming down the stretch updog, and they got 91 Sagan skating. Broadway, are they going to get in? Is this the perfect time for Sagan to come back, or is it too late? What are your thoughts on Big D and Sagan? It is not late for the Dallas Stars. I mean, this is going to make it really interesting in the Central for that final playoff spot. They're only three points out with three games in hand. And a month ago, I was writing this team off. But I I think they're going to get in, and they can turn this season around from being the biggest disappointment to one of the biggest surprises and adding a guy like Taylor Sagan for a playoff run. That that makes that team really deep. And I I think he helps them right away, and he's going to be a guy – that they're going to lean on too, because they're going to need him to be effective for them to make a serious push here. Yeah. I know Segs um, from a workout and training kind of view and <clears throat> the way he works and the way he puts effort into the game. I know that this guy's going to get in, going to overcome this injury and yeah. you know, this rehab and he's going to come back. He's going to be better than ever. I think last year in the playoffs, everyone kind of questioned what was going on with them. A lot of people thought it was his hand. You know, he couldn't really shoot the puck. He yeah. wasn't engaging. You know, a big reason why Dallas lost in, in the finals. Yeah. It was it was no question that this team is better when Tyler Sagan's, you know, on the top, you know, doing the best things that – or whatever the fuck I want to say this um, – when he's at his best. Yeah. And feeling good, healthy, When he's feeling good, it. snapping yeah. it. And, you know, he's, oh, he, he's strong. He's winning puck battles. Him and Ben feed off each other. Um you know, it's it's just the right time. And and look, last year they went through these these kind of down, you know, these down points in the season. They started off like shit that last year. Yeah. Found a way to get it back, had a couple little lulls again, end up making the Stanley Cup finals with a new coach. Um, you know, and this year, same thing. They're a roller coaster season again. But, you know, you get in, you get into the dance, especially in that division. I mean, you get in and we're gonna have to play right now. They're, they're gonna have to play Carolina if it, if it, they it got in right up. now. Yeah. You know, so it's just like who who knows? They're at the disadvantage when they got to go out to the East. I know that, yeah. especially in a playoff round. But you know, you can't count them out. They're they're a team that just you know they got great skill. You know, if our if our goalie fucking steps up and good I'm, not going, home. I, I'm not going home, I'm not going home. He needs to pick it up though. But yeah, so I mean, if all these things fall into place for the last you know 15 games for these guys, then then it could be good. I agree. They're finally coming along. I I said I gave up on them like three weeks ago just because I, I believed in them. I love Rick Bonus. I've bet on them a lot, and they haven't come through, so I just gave up on their inconsistency. But they've taken care of their games in hand, and I think if Sagan, and you guys will know this more than me because you guys were more goal scorers, if he comes back healthy where he can rip the puck like he can and Dallas can sneak in, um, they will, could be a very tough out. So congratulations to the veteran guys. They're both good for the game. We need them playing. Let's get them back humming. Dog. As my boy Steve Coolis says, 
the bold and the blue jackets. It's been a soap popper all year there. My boy Trotsy, uh, sorry, my boy Torts. I love him. I don't know how it's going to pan out for him, but Max Domi scratched two in a row. I know you wanted to touch on this. Just your thoughts. I love Max Domi. I think he's a guy that plays a hard, you know, a hard game. I think his skill is is matched by his work ethic most nights. I think this is another case of of you know setting a precedent of the way things need to be in Columbus. And when things don't go well, um, you know, you always have your you know your whipping boys and guys that obviously aren't playing to their potential. Max Domi, I think this is a case, and, and a lot of guys and coaches and maybe my teammates back in the day would say this about me, is you just go over the edge. You can play, you're at your best when you play you know, on that fine line, but once you start to go over and you start taking penalties, you start to let you know referees, other guys kind of dictate how your game is, it hurts the team. John Tortorella is making a statement right now. This will be his second scratch, you know, in as many games. Um, you know, after he ragdolled Connor Murphy from, you know, taking a sticking penalty, you know, to going after him, dropping his gloves, taking two and a 10. Uh, you know, five days later, he's minus four in Dallas, does the same thing, gets same 14 thing. minutes of penalties, gets ejected. I mean, Torts is, he's forcing Torts' hand. It's not a hard decision, but... You know, I think I just, if I could give him any advice as an older guy that kind of went through that, it's it's just, you know, just go out and play the game. Tone it back just a little bit. Uh, less is more in this situation. You know, the season hasn't gone well for you and the boys. Um, you know, I think he's a free agent after the year or a restricted one. Is he, Jimmy? Do you know that? Uh, no, I'm not sure. I think he signed a two-year deal. Okay, with- so you know what? You're, you're still there. Make, yeah, still you there. make the best of this situation. Try to figure out if... Um, you know, if, if torts is, you got to try to understand torts yeah. and where he's coming from too. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. think I think the torts two, is probably the two things I've learned, if you're going to play for Columbus is don't get in torts doghouse and don't go on your own page. And that's what it seems like he, he's done. He's gone off on his own page. A lot of frustration in his game right now, taking dumb penalties and putting his team down and a team that's not winning many games. And then to put your team down at the disadvantage often here, the last couple of games, that's going to land you right in towards his doghouse and it's going to put you up in the press box eating some popcorn. Yeah, I've been in towards his doghouse. It's fucking deep and dark. Once you get in there, it's fucking hard to get out. He scratched me the last like seven of the games my second <laughs> year and he got fired. But anyways, I love Torts. I respect him. That Nick Fingles did the same thing. So on the Max Domi play, did you see what happened? He, he got a little chintzy hook. This yeah. fucking ref yeah. called him on a little chintzy fucking hook. Yeah. So then he snapped. And then he went after Carter Murphy. Carter Murphy reversed shoulder him. That Carter Murphy for Chicago, he someone needs to beat the I would have loved to when guy. I played. I hate and it. And then Max, the screws went loose. So, Oppie, you're 100% right as a guy that I crossed the line too many times on the emotion, get involved. I love emotion, but you're absolutely right. From, in from this case, you got to hold her back. When you can't control it, Obes, and you go over the edge and it starts to like, everyone's looking for it now, right? Yeah. Refs look for it the other team knows that you're playing on edge. It's like, if you can do that and stay under the radar and stay off the referee, you know, and stay like within the rules, I mean, you are so effective, but once you start to go over, it only hurts you. It only hurts your brand. It only hurts you as a player. And that's kind of just, you know, that's the advice I would give them. That's great advice. And it's hard because I, I going through my, my first year in Vancouver, I remember I came out of the gates, I got tons of penalties right away. And then, you know, AV chirps me for not playing hard enough. And I'm like, well, you're, you're giving me shit for taking penalties. And now you're chirping me for not playing hard enough. Like it's, it's a fine line. It's not easy to find, 
But when you can, as a player like Max Domi or yourself, guys that play on the edge, that's when you're at your best up. So you're 100% right. To Max, hang in there. Summer's right around the corner. Torch can't fuck with you then. So <laughs> to Big Looch, thousandth game, the whole team went no buckets. I just want to say that's, that's National League. I mean, he got a nice silver stick. Luch has been playing great. So I want to say also they gave the kids mini sticks. Did they? Silver oh. mini sticks. It's oh, so bad. Awesome. I watched that's it last awesome. night and I said to Christina, I'm like, do you even know what these mini sticks are? And she's like, no. <laughs> I'm like, well, as a kid, it's the first thing you give like a young kid is this little white plastic mini stick and you can heat them up and curve them whatever hand they start playing with. And that's kind of when you know if the kid's a righty or a lefty. Yeah. But, you know, how many hours do we spend on our on our hands and knees playing mini sticks as a kid when you're like three to five, whatever? Uh, I just thought it was great. His his boy, Milan Jr., little mini stick, his that girls. Cool. It's super cool. So hats off to, uh, you know, to the Calgary Flames for that. Yeah, that's cool. Big Luch is playing like a man possessed out there. He's the games I watch. I know Princey's not uh, fed up with the Flames, but <laughs> at least Luch is buzzing. So congratulations to him. No bucket. That was National League. Uh, Broadway. Uh, the bread man, Panarin, this guy, he's come back with a vengeance. Obviously, the Rangers are making a run. I want to talk to you about that. Somebody in New York asked him the other day, you got a, you know, you guys are on a good run. You got a great stretch of hockey coming up. How exciting is this? And he responded with, pass me the puck more. <laughs> in a Russian accent. So he's got 52 points in 34 games. How impressive is he? And can the Rangers make a late push or are they just too far back? I think the Rangers are too far back. I, they just don't play the teams that are ahead of them enough. Like if they had a situation like St. Louis did with Arizona early on where they played them seven times in a row, if they could play one of those teams ahead of them five or six times, they'd be able to catch them. But the Rangers better listen to that advice and give the bread man the puck because ever since he's come back from his little political dispute, he leads the NHL with 28 points in the last 18 games. And he has just been electric and He's making the New York Rangers one of the most fun teams to watch because that that line with him, uh, I believe it's Strom and Zabinajad, they've been amazing. Like they 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 do stuff that it looks like the Holland Globetrot is out there. Yeah. And I just think the Panarin adds a lot to the New York Rangers. And it goes to show you that when they went in that duel there without Panarin, I think it, they kind of put themselves out of the playoffs. I think it's going to take a miracle for them to find a way to get into the playoffs. I think they're just too far back because of what Boston's doing, the way they secured yes. that second line. Congrats, you know, Don Sweeney, well played. Um, but up be these Rangers team right now. Granted, they just played the Devils. Devils are a young squad. The way they're snapping the puck around and offensively, the, what this Adam Fox is doing on the back end for them. Um, he's got to be a Norris candidate. Yeah, the future's bright. And this Panarin, man, he's he's nasty the way he's snapping around. But I just don't think, you got the stats, you got the standings there. It's going to be hard, right? Yeah, I mean, they yeah. 11 games left, a total of 22 points to be grabbed if they can win them all. I mean, that puts them – they're going to need to win like 80% of their games, right? They're going to need to get to – I'm no mathematician here, but I'm going to say like 70 points roughly will get you in, and that for them is is winning you know, nine. And they need games. help, they though, up. Like, they need to the win table. and get help. they got to run the table, yeah, the table. so – so but, tough there, but but it's nice to see. We need the Big Apple. We need to have those guys say. playing well, right? You know, down in Madison Ave. There, I they was talking to. to A Hall before I got in here about Zion Williamson's comments about playing for the you know playing at the MSG. You know, so he it's probably going to be a Nick. It's the same as basketball and hockey. If, when the New York Rangers are good, it's good for the NHL. When the New York Knicks yep. are good for it, it's good. Exactly. So the Rangers are heading in the right direction. 
It's been a long time since there's been excitement there. So I, I love it. I'm not a huge fan of Dave Quinn, so maybe he could get piped. But other than that, <laughs> I, I love this Panarin, man. The way he snaps around up. He's great for the game. He's got personality. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if they're going to get in, but it'll be, it's, it's fun to watch. Yeah. So one last thing here, boys, to finish up on. Oppie, we're not sure. I heard next year you heard 2022-23. Anyways, we all know what they did with the advertising on the helmets. Oppie, me and you have played in Europe. We both loved it at the end of our career. You know, it's something that I think every veteran guy, unless you maybe made 100 bananas, you don't want to do it. It's, it's fun to go over there. The fans are good. It's great cities. The one thing I hate is the advertising on the jerseys. I get it. They got to pay the salaries. There's talk about doing it in the NHL. From what I've heard, it's a done deal. They don't know how much it's going to be. It may just be like basketball with the one thing, but we got to be careful with this, don't we? Yeah, we sure do. Obviously, we don't need to look like NASCAR drivers yeah. or, you know, or their cars <laughs> for one. Two, Every summer, every summer hockey you go to, and the couple guys from like Germany or Swiss would come on the ice. You know, it was just you felt bad for them. <laughs> Their pants are green and black and orange, and you know they have, you know, Spock written all over them. And you're like, <laughs> the fuck, man. Um, for sure. You know that article, Sports Journal reported that from the helmet alone, that the NHL was going to create around a hundred million dollars in revenue, which wow. is a hundred million bucks from just one little ad on the helmet that it didn't ever had before now um you know there was also a title in there saying that the nhl borrowed a billion dollars this year which was you know 35 million from each team or something like that so they're ne they need to find ways to to create this revenue back yeah. and you know this is this is the case but you knew once the helmet got you know Got I implemented know. this year. You give you give them an inch, and they're gonna take a mile. These fucking guys. Fucking owners. You but, called it early on. Yeah, I, I, I totally did, and I think a lot of guys did. So I was probably piggybacking most most guys' opinions. But you know, happy that we played in that era with no sponsorships on our ads. Yes. Would it nice been to get the revenue from some more sponsors and maybe back in our pockets, which these guys are now gonna you know try to find a way. Yes. So. Um, I hope it works out. Maybe one or two, um, you know, logos. But you can't have like the best hockey players in the world just looking like you know branded ads. I don't think that that's great for the league. I think if like if they can do the ads like the small little jersey patch, it's something that will kind of just go unnoticed. Like we with the helmets, I don't even notice the helmet ads right now. But um, I think they need to figure out a way to get that money back, and this is seems like the only way to do it, and that's. The players are going to put the advertisements on their jersey if it's going to lower the escrow. So, I mean, I think the players will be all for it. But, like you said, I don't want it to become a billboard and those jerseys. Then they start looking brutal. Yeah, it's a slippery slope. we got to be careful. Well, you're right, though, about the revenue. If I could have had a little advertising here to get all my escrow checked back, I would have <laughs> fucking done that, right? Right. Because I had to hang out with you all summer. Fucking, it got You'd pretty still be collecting them. I, I could have used that. So, I think the helmet things are good. I would still like to see... Because one thing about making the NHL, when you got your first NHL bucket, you had your NHL sticker and the team logo there. Like, I don't know, that's something that sits in me forever. When you go out and skate in the summer and you have your NHL helmet on. So I would still like to see the team things. And then maybe they can slide the advertising. I don't know. Maybe that'll be too much on the helmet. But I do miss the team symbols on their helmets. I don't think it's bad. The jersey, I'm with you guys. Just let's not make it like Europe. But if these guys can help with escrow and revenue, I think it's something to think about. But um it is what it is, Uppy. It's the world we live in, and, and we'll see how it plays out. So, top titty. I got fucked in top titty. I, I'm going to say it right now, man. My whole team was out with COVID. I had <laughs> McKinnon. I had McKinnon, Ratnan, 
They're all adjust out. Adjust the lineup. Adjust the lineup, bud. Oh, I was fucking just pinned on Friday. I put my lineup. <laughs> I put my lineup in early because I knew I was going to be playing golf, getting just after it. So, um, yeah, I did a late. I I, I was. Did able you make to, some adjustments? Well, I actually didn't pick my team. I I like I set alarm now on my on my phone. You know, DraftKings. Oh, cool. Get your lineup in Friday afternoon. I like to see last minute. You know, Princey hits us with like you know any updates on what's going on in the games. So I wait till I got about a half hour to put it in. And, you know, I got the update. The Colorado Dave Avalanche. Boyle, eh? Making the boys sweat. Hell. Making the boys sweat. The Avalanche were not <laughs> playing, you know. So I, I obviously, I probably would have put in McKinnon, Ratton, and, you know. I had, a, the, I had to adjust my car. I would load it up. Yeah, totally. Um, but anyways, I got smoked too, Obes. I beat you by two, a whopping two points. That's did you just, have a full roster? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, that's, that's what I'd say. <laughs> I sure did. I mean. Don't tell many people that, Uppy. I love oh, up. It's okay. I still beat him. I love Uppy's. You know what, up you're right. You call me out, like fucking be a pro, fucking fix your roster. But I was I was too busy trying to take money off the boys at the golf course. But once I caught wind, the games had already started on the East Coast, so I couldn't make the adjustment. But anyways, shout out to our winner. It's a great. We only got a username. Princey couldn't track down his real name, so Rack ninety four. It's a pretty good username if you ask rack me. City you know, bitch, rack, 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 rack City, rack, rack, city bitch. bitch. Hundred seventeen point eight points. Um, congratulations to him, Hazy. When the missing curfew squad, congratulations, you got your first win, 72. Updog, 62. Obes, fucking wake up and adjust your lineup, 60. So this week, Uppy, I mean, we sold out for the first week, so thank you, right? Yeah, up thank you, fans. That's awesome. DraftKings, awesome. 200 spots. That number is going to continue to grow. More money is going to be put into the actual competition Friday nights as we go on. But it's nice to see everyone competing there. We're going to build these stats all year, and it's going to be great. Yeah. And we'll we'll figure out something to send to the guy that, you know, come playoffs, maybe we start the playoff edition, and, and the winner of that might get something sexy. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So Rack94, reach out to our DMs. We'll get you this guy Fox T-shirt. Broadway, congrats on your win. This Friday, April 23rd, Boston, Buffalo. Broadway's Flyers, New York, Nashville, Chicago, Montreal, Calgary, Minnesota, LA. So pay attention. Don't put your team into it like my rookie move. Go with the updog. Set your alarm. And uh, I think I'm just looking at it at a glance. I'm going to hammer some Rangers players. And yeah, uh, a couple good games, boys. I'm looking at yeah. it. Nashville, Chicago, both teams in That's the hunt. A playoff. Montreal, yeah. Calgary. Calgary's chasing Montreal. I mean, Montreal keeps losing, and Calgary can find a way to squeeze in some wins. There's a chance. So. I mean, you look at those games, those will be tight. You know, maybe take the goalies. Um, Boston, they're going to just shellac. I want to hammer Boston, but Buffalo's playing well. It comes yeah. to leads to discussion if Granado's going to stay as a the coach there, but we can chat about that on another day. I wonder yeah, if that's a good point. Though. I wonder if they're going to be Miller or Tage Thompson round two. We'll see. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Talking about goalies, Jeremy Swayman. Is this the guy from yeah. Boston? Who is this He's guy? He's been unbelievable. Wow. Third stringer. 27 points he got for Rack 94. Yeah, he had, an, he had another shutout. Wow, good for him. See, that's why you got to fucking do your homework, boys, and that's why I finished last place because I didn't do it. So, Broadway, who you like in that game on Friday? Pick a, pick a squad you might jump on there. Who would you say? Uh... I like the I like the guys in Boston. I'm probably going to be a Boston heavy line. I might be riding uh, Krejci and Taylor Hall. They they seem to be gelling well. And Taylor Hall playing against Buffalo again. I like I might see some fireworks there. He was held off the score sheet the first time we played him. I can't see it happening twice. Do you know he had to drive? Right? We'd be getting that. That's yeah. Comfort. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, top titty Friday Uppy. Thanks to the listeners, we sold it out to our sponsors. Uppy, thank you. Good life, Canada Dips, DraftKings. Thank you. 
You guys are the best. Uh, we couldn't do this without you. Um, all the production, all the time, our back office, our producer, Max. Yeah. Big Al Hall, thank you. Um, to you listeners, thanks again for tuning in. We... We got a, I will, we got a little uh, we got a little special segment next week coming up, which we'll uh, give a little teaser maybe earlier in the week. But um, top titty, check it out. Our sponsors, thank you. Next, we got one of our former t- t- teammates, Vincent Trocheck. Welcome back to Mission Curfew, Up Dog Scoopsy. We got another great guest here, a guy that we all snapped around with at different levels. I was just actually when we brought him on. He's almost up to 500 games, which brings a little crazy tear to my eye because I met this kid when he was just a little up and comer. I knew he could snap it around, but uh, Vich and Trocek. Chochi, welcome to Missing Curfew. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me. I was telling them we were talking before we got on about our time in San Antonio, and, and I remember, Troch, that you were like, you had no part in being down that league, and, and I thought the same time I didn't. So I was like always telling Tom Rowe, put me on the ice with Trochi because I could always know you were low and slow and in the middle. So I would just like always look for you. Remember that? Oh, yeah. We had some great times on San Antonio. I loved that city. That was maybe the most fun I had in pro, honestly. Obi, it's so funny. He talks about the low and slow, Troach, when every summer hockey practice we used to do here in California, I'd be like the only guy, and I know Obes just loves the low, the low and slow, so I will literally come down on like the little breakouts we're doing, and I'll come right by the goalie, right to the crease. I'll be like, Obi, fucking hit me. It got, it got to the point. And he's like, no one does this anymore. No one comes fucking low and slow. If they only knew how to yeah. do it. But anyway, Trochi, no. right, right from the get-go, we knew Trochi was a Right team from the guy. get-go. And I was like, Trochi, who is our D coach there? Something, Allen, good guy. Scott oh, Allen. yeah. Scott uh, Allen. Scotty Allen. And by the time the season went on, I'm like, I think Trochi went up. And then you came back down for playoffs or something like that. Is that how it worked, Trochi? Yeah. Yeah, we missed the playoffs. That's yeah. a tough bounce for the kids up in the NHL. Like, I go spend another couple of weeks in the minors. I know. Trochi comes back. Yeah. I'm like, listen, I'm only – if you can get me on the ice with Trochi, that's, that'd be ideal. It was him, Hammer, and somebody else, Butler, maybe. I was the only fucking team. Only line <laughs> I really – at that point, Trochi, I was like, just put me on Trochek. At least I know he's going to get the fucking puck out for me. Yeah, we had a good squad, too. A bunch of good guys. Yeah. Trochi, I owe you a lot of credit for uh, getting me paid. I got to play with you that one year in Florida, and I remember... Me, you, and Piers. Yeah, Piers. But the only problem I had with you was you couldn't fucking find me. <laughs> you found me for 19 goals, but you couldn't find me for an empty net for the 20th. Dude, you know what? I tell, that, I tell that story all the time. You remember that last game of the year? How mad... You were behind the net. Didn't want to dish it out front. <laughs> we were trying to do an empty net or two. We were trying so hard to get you the puck. Remember so, how mad Gerard Gallant got when we wouldn't come oh, off the ice and Sean Thornton standing so at the bench pushing us back out there to try to get me the 20th? Hey, I had, I had yeah. a lot of goes at it. Hazy, why don't you just tell the listeners what you're talking about? Like, because you had 19 goals for how many last – was it seven? I think it's you had seven, seven or eight games, games left. Year. More than that. I had, ni- and I had 19 goals. And I'm talking – after every game, you'd come to my house and we'd have a glass of wine after the game, and you'd just be like, "Fuck, am I getting paid this summer? I'm gonna get twenty. <laughs> I'm getting twenty goals. Fuck, maybe even twenty-five. I'm getting paid." And then it literally just bit you right in the ass. Oh, I just sat there and I missed the empty net like continuously for like that last week. And then we got to the last game, and they actually called one of the goals back early on. We're playing against New Jersey. I got a goal called back, and I looked at Wes McCauley being like, are you fucking kidding me? It's two teams out of the playoffs, and you're calling goals back. And by the way, that was my 20th. But Trochi, Trochi was out there in that marathon shift that Gerard Gallant got bullshit about, and he had yeah, the puck behind happy. the net and tries to throw a no-look to Perry. He gets picked off, and I'm just standing in the crease waiting to tap this bad boy in. It was like a three-on-one 
empty net and I still couldn't bury it. <laughs> That's a good memory. I remember it so vividly too. Oh. I remember the no look, throwing it out from the corner, trying to find you. <laughs> I, I got to give you credit. You always worked hard to get me fucking puck. So I can't complain that much. Trochi, I remember, um, so Dale Talon was our GM, drafted you, right? Um, I remember when you were coming up, he's, he's like, Uppy, we're calling up this kid, Vincent Trocek. Uh, he's going to play, he's going to play top minutes. He's a good player. He sees the ice. Well, I need you to take care of him. Like I need you to kind of show him the ropes and whatnot. So now that you're kind of on this side of the fence, you you know, you're an older veteran guy, you're on a great team with great leaders. Um, you got a guy, Mr. Game seven in your locker room that we'll talk about, but what's it like to be like a veteran guy now? And, and, you know, some of your younger players who are playing really well, like what's it like to teach them now kind of how things go in the league? It's just, it's a lot different now than it was whenever I was a younger guy. Like we had a lot of good veterans in our room in Florida that kind of showed me the ropes and led by example and took me out on the road and stuff like that. And, and nowadays it's just like these guys come in and they're pretty much the guy already, like first two years in the league and they're, they're the go-to guys. But um, we do have some really good guys in our locker room right now. Um, some young guys, Sveshnikov's phenomenal. Um, Martin Nietzsche's. Aho, some young guys with a ton of skill that came in right away and they want to work their asses off and, and they have a ton of skill at the same time. So it's, it's been pretty easy um, trying to help them and, and lead by example. Hey, Trochi. Oh, go ahead, Robbie. Go ahead, Rods. No, just uh, piggybacking on that. Obviously, now you're approaching 500 games. You've become quite a lead, uh, leader in this um, league. Who, what uh, veteran player early on in your career had the biggest impact on you to kind of develop that role? Um, that's a good question. There's actually quite a few. I mean, Jovo was the captain my first year when I got called up. He was um, unbelievable guy, uh, great leader. Um, Uppy obviously was there uh, my first couple of years, and he was one of the older guys that I looked up to. Um, Lou, I think, I think Roberto Luongo was, I mean, yeah. You can't say enough good things about that guy as, as an NHL hockey player and as a person. Um, he was someone I looked up to a lot. So He wasn't taking uh, you for dinner were... on the road, though, was he? Fuck, he would never go for He's dinner. He's what? I said he wasn't taking you for dinner on the road, though. There were so many good things about Lou, but you could not get him out of his could hotel not room. Get him Unless it was Vancouver. Yeah. Vancouver, he was all in. Oh, you couldn't find him then if it was in Vancouver. Hot, yeah, <laughs> that rookie party. Remember, he had a good time with that rookie party, too, Bobby Lou. Where's South in, Beach? No, in Florida. Yeah, no, I mean, Vancouver. Back Vancouver. Oh, in Vancouver. Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that was I thought you meant you a good party. time. That was my rookie party, Vancouver. That was your rookie party, Trojan. Yeah. That was a time, huh? Incredible. And we had, <laughs> and I was a healthy scratch, and we had three or four days in Vancouver. Went to the Roxy. We went. It was <laughs> nuts. Hey, Trochi, I just remember Peter Gurge is the guy who, who threw the party for us. At one point, he pulls me and up your side. He's like, boys, this is what the tab's at so far. And this fucking, <laughs> this receipt, it was like this. I, I throw it Yeah, we like, crumpled it I'm up. Like, Fuck, Fuck you. Off. We'll, yeah. take, like, we'll take care of it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> My credit card's going to explode. Oh, it, literally, yeah. That was the only shitty thing about being in charge of those of those parties. Trochi, that was sketchy. that was your rookie party. That was my farewell tour, buddy. I enjoyed every second of that. <laughs> Trochi, you said about that the was H a great time. You, you said about the AHL about how it was some of your best times in hockey. Now, I get it's changed, but these young guys that come up, do you think it would still help them to go down for thirty games a year? This year is different, but just in general, as a guy who did have to go down as a high prospect, do you still think the young guys still should go down for a little bit? Yeah, I mean. It, I think it helped me a lot. Um, it's obviously different for everybody and 
some guys are coming out of junior college and they're already men and strong enough to be in the league and stuff like that. But um, I definitely don't think it hurts uh, that the AHL is the second best league in the world. And it's not like it's some shit league. I mean, um, it helped me develop, helped me learn what pro hockey was all about. So I definitely think there's benefits to, to guys starting their career down there. And it builds some character too, right? Trochi, you would have to admit too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right, we all put in our time. Yeah. And now we're on this podcast. We all so rolled yeah. the iron lung for a little bit. Hey, Trochi, the old, the old, <laughs> yeah. They got us a sleeper bus from, I was talking to Trochi before he got on. They gave us a sleeper bus. Shout out to Tom Rowe, T-Rex, the old grumpy fuck wherever he is. <laughs> He's like, hey, uh, boys, we're going to we're gonna get you a sleeper and uh, drive all night. I'm like, and then what? And then we're going to get there and practice. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so we're at the back of the bus, and it's me, not Trochi. Trochi would have a couple go to bed. That's why he's still the fucking player he is, but... I would sit in that back of bus, Trochi, and I would drink the whole entire time. And then I'd get to Oklahoma, <laughs> and I'd be like, fuck, we got practice. So I don't know if that was the best call by old T-Rex, eh, Troch? Not the best. And those <laughs> trips were the worst, too. Those trips from San Ando, OKC were – I remember the one we had a – it was like a three-and-three. Three. It was OKC – or play in San Antonio against OKC, then bus to OKC the next night, play there, then bus back and play like Grand Rapids at three in the afternoon. It was the craziest shit ever. Hey, Chochi, you remember, you remember when Heater got traded to us and we were having our, we were having our rookie party in, oh, what city was it? Was it Charlotte? It was, it was Charlotte. Charlotte, yeah. I heard this story. Oh, and Heater shows up and he's off the plane and he's half cut, right? Remember he shows up to the- I wasn't there, but I heard Oh, yeah, fuck, it. you weren't there. That's right, you're up in the show. He comes in half cut, sits down. The whole the boys are like, holy fuck, Danny Healy, right? Ends up paying for the whole rookie party. And then when he came down, Chochi, me and him, he's like, these three on threes, I'm like- I'm like, Heater, let's go in and talk to T-Rex. Because we had a pretty good lead at that point in the division. And I'm like, ah, T-Rex, me and Heater, we got something to talk about. He's like, what's that? He's like, we're not playing three and threes anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and T-Rex is fine. You guys don't have to. Well, no that shit. That guy was a legend. No should you have legend. to. Um, let me ask you about a guy. We talked about him last week, the 1,000 games, Jordan Stahl. Um, been around the league forever. A guy I you know, admired and respected uh, tremendously. Your captain. Um, what did you guys get him for 1,000th game? Is it? Uh, I know his brother trip to Pebble Beach. Actually, oh, so you brother. guys were part of that. We thought maybe it was his brothers that chipped in on it, but uh, yeah, I guess that discussion we were talking about what what some of the I good was, places. Yeah, Trochi, I was watching that game. By the way, I, I still love you, but I had you guys <laughs> minus three eighty the first night against the Wings and minus three seventy the second night against the Wings. But that's for another time. But I thought it was really cool. I don't know like, what it is about them? They got our number of. I'm sorry, fuck, fuck Trochi. They played you guys hard, like. Anyways, that's the time. But I just thought it was so cool, all the video tributes you guys did to him and then his brothers and that trip to Pebble, man. That was – I told Uppy and Broadway, that's that's an unbelievable gift. Incredible. Yeah. And I don't know what his brothers did to deserve it, but we got them one too, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're like, okay, well, it's costing us like, you know, four or 500 bucks a guy, right? So yeah. let's – we should be able to at least piggyback or carry their bags or something. Hey, yeah. you get a free golf shirt? Trochi, how how is the old fine fun doing throughout COVID times right now? Is it is it looking a little bare? Are the boys still putting money on the board, or how's that working? It's still pretty hip. I mean, it's it's the point. Guys are still putting money on the board, and we have nothing to spend it on. So it's just kind of oh. we're just racking it up. End of the year so, party. I mean, once COVID's over, we have so much money to just blow. <laughs> wow, <laughs> yeah. that's great. I the never thought of it will, like that. The fans will love that. Let's ask the fans what could these guys possibly blow all this money. On? <laughs> no, a nice <laughs> trip to Scottsdale, get a private bird, and have a couple nights in Old Town. That's what the Bruins did one year. That was fucking awesome. Did they really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, every year in St. Louis, we used to. Well, it would be Staz, 
Staz, Shaddy, Steiner would split the plane and we would all just hum right to Vegas and do two full nights with our fine fun every That's after nice every week. year. And it would be like 16 like or by week or no, this was at, at the end of the year off. and it would be no at the end of the year. Standard right. Tuesday. So like, um, and we made it to the conference finals the one year. So that, you know, we all went with our beards and blah, blah, blah. And then I'm talking every year, the three years, it was just full, full blast. No questions asked. Everyone on the bird. Let's well, go. I'm sure the wives asked a few questions. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. What? The whole team's going? Okay, have fun in Vegas. Hey, Troach. Troach, remember how mad uh, Uppy was with that year we had the uh, end of the year party in Miami and the wives came? Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. Well, we don't even need to talk about yeah, it. Yeah. Well, were you still there? Was it your the year we had our one end of the year party in Florida at that Tortuga festival. I think you said, yeah, it yeah I set yeah. it up there. We had the tent. Oh, that, that was one the of the best fest. ones. That one was incredible. That was just something different that we needed to do. So there was a country music festival right on the beach in Fort Lauderdale. And you know, year after year we had gone to Miami and had blowouts Daisy and that Dukes was great. Everywhere, huh? Yeah. Well, yeah, there oh, sure yeah. was <laughs> Jessica Simpson's flying around <laughs> cowboy boots, hats, little booty shorts. Um, but yeah, I thought it would be different to just walk up Los Olas Ave right to the beach. And we all had a tent and VIP tickets. Now it was fucking expensive for what it was, to be honest. We didn't quite get yeah. full VIP treatment being the Florida Panthers, Oh no. but, um, but yeah, I think we had a good mix up. And then for the single guys and us, I think we all made it to the strip club up on Oakland. <laughs> oh, yeah. had, had a little time in there. Solid gold. So. Solid gold. I've been to that strip club before Lauderdale. Is it, out by, is, is it out by like sun? Is that out by, there's one strip club out by the rink that I used to go with a veteran from Tampa. I won't say his name, but I thought it was called Solid Gold Broadway. Is it? Is it's, it out? Nor, it's north of where you probably would have stayed. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's on the yeah. beach, uh, like on Oakland. Yeah, I think uh, that's, not that I know. Where yeah, it is. I think I used to go because there's not much <laughs> yeah. to, as a road team, as you know now, Trochi. And actually, Trochi, real quick before we get too off a of topic here, when I saw you get traded, I know it's been a couple of years, but I haven't talked to you. And from a personal level, when Florida traded you, I was like, I was shocked, man. I know, like maybe, maybe they weren't having the best year, but you guys were kind of on the playoffs. Were you shocked when you got traded, or did you see it coming? Uh, I was, I was pretty surprised. I really didn't think it would happen. Um. But at the same time, that year it wasn't going so great. And uh, Quenville had just come in. It was his first year, and me and him didn't really see eye to eye. Um, and then my last game as a Florida Panther was in Vegas, and I played like six minutes or something. So as soon as that happened, the deadline was the next day. I was like, I kind of had an idea that, all right, this is – Writing's on the wall. Probably means yeah. something, yeah. So That's, you play, um, you, that's funny. <laughs> I had the exact opposite experience. I went into Chicago. I was with the Phoenix Coyotes, and I was having a year, right? So I was like 18 or 19 goals, and I'm in Chicago, and I played like 23 minutes. <laughs> and I come off. Uh, we're sitting on the plane playing cards. Me, Jovo, Fiddler, Marty Hansel. That was our card game, beauty game. And anyway, Marty Hansel, I'm sitting there, and I'm fucker. like, I fucking played 23 minutes tonight. And Fids is looking at me. He's like... <laughs> I think that's a sign or what? what his little showcase. <laughs> little showcase eh? I'm like, I don't know. It felt pretty good, though. And then next day, fucking pack the bags up, dog. You're going to Columbus. <laughs> nah, fuck oh, Back shit. Hey, Uppy doesn't have too many bad days. That day, he was he was down the dumps. I called him. He wasn't. He's like, fucking Columbus. Although I did have a great trade story. I got traded while I was at home. So I had like the afternoon to pack up my bags. Me and Sammy Lupisto, shout out to him, beauty. Uh, we, we got to meet the team in Vancouver. So the only way to get to Vancouver that day from Phoenix was through Las Vegas. Now we go to Las Vegas, we get caught on the tarmac trying to, trying to uh, catch planes and we have to stay there 
and I didn't do this on purpose. I sort of got. Yeah, so right. we literally check, <laughs> yeah, we right. check into the Cosmo, me, me and him. Oh, yeah. I send a couple quick texts to the team services guy in Columbus. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, bud, but we're not making it. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, that flight in Vegas, like we're in the airport. We're stuck, so we're staying. No way they thought it was an accident, so by we, the way. So we go to the Cosmo, and then we go meet some girlfriends that were staying in. Uh, uh, they were at the Cosmo, too, having like a bachelorette dinner. And we go to SDK. Oh, was just a coincidence, too? Swear to God. Yeah. <laughs> so we go to dinner, and I'm like, Sammy, I swear, we got to keep curfew to like, you know, one o'clock because yeah, we bro. literally have a 7 a.m. flight through fucking Seattle right up to Vancouver to play that night. And he's like, yeah, okay. Well, sure enough, we end up right into Marquee, and it's like 2.30. Yeah, <laughs> and I remember Sammy the next morning taking a photo of me in the airport while we're, while we're waiting to you know, switch planes. I think, we're in, I think we're in Seattle. And I'm just tits up. I'm sleeping in the airport. And he's like, look, pregame nap for the first game as a Columbus Blue Jacket. And we hum in there, drop our bags off at the Pacific Rim Hotel, and we go right Great to the hotel. rink. I got it. 45 minutes to change. Hey, boys, what's up? Rick Nash, he was the only guy I knew on the team. What's up, boys? Blah, blah, blah. Go out first period. Cheddar right over Bobby Lou's fucking wow. yeah. <laughs> Bobby Lou. Thanks for coming. So they made you fly Vegas to Seattle, Seattle, Vancouver to play that night. Yes. They didn't After even get a, you a direct shot from Vegas to Vancouver. No, no. Tough start for Columbus. Yeah, there. totally. <laughs> we had a pr- well, yeah, yeah, That's not nationally. Right? I was out before I was even in there. <laughs> <laughs> Only you that works for you. Like if that would happen to me, boys, I would have got I got stuck in like I don't know. My label would have been Columbus or something if I was getting yeah. somewhere else. Right? <laughs> he gets Vegas. Um, I was and- lucky enough that my last day was at least in Vegas, so that was like, and I kind of had the writing on the wall, so I was able to be like, and it was our rookie party that night after the game. Oh, so nice. I was like, well, if I'm leaving, I'm going out with a bang. So it was like, all right, boys. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, <laughs> Trochi, listen, buddy, we've been talking about your club a lot on here. Me and me and Broadway and the Updog, we love your team. We love your depth. You picked up the big Finnish uh, defenseman, Hakapal. Anyways, we were a little surprised you guys didn't do more at the deadline. Was that something talked about heading into it? Are, are you guys that happy with the club that you had in there, that Don Waddell didn't have to do anything, and you guys are ready for a run? Yeah, I think Roddy, Roddy doesn't really – he's talked about it before. He's not really big into midseason – um acquisitions i mean being traded mid-season i've only done it once but it's not easy i mean changing teams changing systems and all that it all it doesn't always work out even if the player is great or um it it really all that matters is the fit and uh Roddy's talked about not really wanting to change things and he likes where we're at so we didn't really want to do too much so uh we just picked up that hawk and paul like you said and uh met him for the first time yesterday the kid is an absolute monster yeah he's i've been watching him out here he's He's going to help you guys. He's big, right-handed D-man, Trochi. He moves better, like, laterally than I thought he would. Kills penalties, but he's a fucking big boy, isn't he? He's enormous. I mean... And he's chiseled, too. He looks like a Greek god. Speaking of big, like... <laughs> Without, I'm looking does he at get a you. tan? <laughs> does he have it all? Is it a huge cock? <laughs> no, listen. I'm looking at your, your back end here. 6'2", 6'5", 6'6", 6'3", 6'3", 6'3". I mean, you guys are... That's a loaded... They got more... That's a loaded back end. Yeah, they got more size. size. That's what I was going to ask very you, good Troch. Decor. Troch, I wanted to ask you about that uh, decor that you guys have. Being a center, how much fun is it knowing that you have those guys being able to get through the puck, that low and slow center, just because you guys have probably the best decor in the NHL? Yeah, i definitely make that argument. It's, I mean, it's been so much fun. It's extremely easy playing in front of those guys. Guys like Jacob Slavin gets not nearly enough recognition for how good he is. The, the stuff that he does in the ice, like – his stick is so elite. He is just 
always in the right position. He's always making the right play. Nobody can ever beat him one-on-one. It's crazy. Guys like him, Brett Pesci is another guy who doesn't get enough recognition. Um, Brady Shea can fly. Uh, that Jake yeah. Bean kid, young kid, he's got yeah. a lot of skill. He really walk a blue line with the best of them. Same with Jake Gardner. Uh, Dougie Hamilton, he's on, on our power play. Uh, hell of a shot. We got, I mean, really we're six, seven deep with some yeah, really good players. loaded on the back end in Carolina. Yeah. Trochi, and listen, I, I, right now I love you guys' team, like I said, and, and Tampa, obviously. And I'm just curious. I'm just trying to put myself in that dressing room. And, it, you know, you, you play Tampa. You've beat them a few times. You play Florida. You beat them a few times. Those three teams right there, you guys are all so close. Do you ever, like, sometimes be like, fuck, they got 86 Kucherov coming back? Or is that just something we'll worry about it when we play the Tampa Bay Lightning in the playoffs? Um, yeah, not really. We're, I mean, obviously he's phenomenal, and he makes their team better, but – uh, can't really think about that now. Just got to worry about the season you're playing now. I and mean, if we do meet him in the playoffs, then we'll have to kind of game plan a- around him and point and stand close and worry about it when we get there. Headman too, obviously. I really do yeah, like I the do. way you guys are gamers though. You really step up. I think, you know, when, when push comes to shove playoff time, the, obviously you, you know what it's like, Trochi, you've been there. The game changes. Things are, you know, things become hard and heavy. I just like the way Brindamore puts you guys like, you know, get, it stills confidence in you guys and you guys, I mean, you do play a style of game that you're never, you know, you're never out of a game. You guys never fall behind too much. Like the last couple of years in the playoffs, it's just, you know, you're a team that I could, I could see kind of go on the distance. You guys got some tough competition, but, but man, you're like competitive every night and that's, that's good things to, good things to see. Yeah. We, we have a playoff style. I mean, Roddy, it's all Roddy. Roddy, the way he coaches, the way he played it. I mean, it's just, that's the way he played it. It was a playoff style. It's hard-nosed hockey. Trochi, I got a question about Rod the Bod, by the way. He does look like you boys love playing for him. Um, You know, he doesn't have a contract. There's rumors with Ron Francis in in Seattle that maybe, is that ever talked about between the boys or just is that in the back of your mind too? Because when I watch you guys play, you can tell how much you love playing for Brindamore. Yeah, it's been circling around the internet and, um, nobody in the dressing room really knows what's going to happen or what's going on and try not to think about it too much but obviously like you said we do really love playing for him there's not a guy in that locker room that doesn't love him and uh, love what he's done with the team since he took over so um, it'd be really really upsetting to see him go and I think he wants to be here I think he wants to stay and I know all the guys want him to stay so hopefully they can get it done Troji, I wanted to talk about these uh, the Carolina post game celebrations. How did it all start, and who gets to pick these uh, team celebrations at the end of the games? I have no idea how it started. I wasn't there when it started, but uh, I've only been a part of the ones this year because when we didn't have fans, they didn't do it. Yeah. Um, and now that we have fans, it's just we've been doing the same thing after every game, and um, they pay like a tribute to. Uh, local nurses and doctors and um or people that have lost their lives to COVID and stuff like that so we haven't really had to think up any but last year when I first got traded here uh I played like three games at home before the season got suspended and every morning like day of a game there's like brainstorming on what we should do to come up with a celebration it was wild to me and obviously (laughs) before I came here it was like what is this so when I got here and had to be a part of it I was like oh oh boy yeah, you need to put a full. That's a full team on that. You gotta have a full. Pretty like, impressive. 
You hire the someone. fans love it though. So I mean, oh. they, you can't really. I don't know. The fans really enjoy it, and they all stay after Sell the game, the game. to, to be a part of it. Yeah, it's great for the fans. But if you came out to be like, "Oh, Bobs, oh, can you help out with the post game selling?" I'm like, "Boys, I got enough to worry about here. All right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to get through this fucking one here tonight." But, yeah, let me know. Let me know my part in the celebration. If yeah, I, yeah, totally. I'm just worried about not being dash three out here. Yeah. Tonight, just uh, do I have to be the bowling pin? Do I have <laughs> yeah, to stay? Yeah, the, uh, am I the bowling pin today, or am I the clown getting his head knocked off? Whatever it is, I'm, I'm in. I'm a team guy. It is. It is good for your fans. And let's. You know what? I loved playing in Carolina. You guys have great fans, Trochi. And I know they're just trickling back. I've noticed about your games, there's putting fans down by the glass. It's got to be, it's got to have a nice feel for you boys. You know, playoffs around the corner because that barn can get rocking. Yeah, it's playing with no fans was, it wasn't the most fun. And obviously the atmosphere is not nearly as wild or rowdy. So having fans back in the stadium these last little bit has been a big change and a big upgrade. We have like something like 4,500 now in Carolina and they get pretty loud too. And it, it looks pretty, it looks more full than 4,500 because they spread them out obviously. So yeah. um, hopefully if we can get into playoffs and maybe get close to 50% or something like that, it'd be awesome. I just remember before you go up, I just remember Trochi, I got traded from Anaheim to Tampa and I hadn't played in Carolina yet. And we were pulling into the rink and I think it's the only rink maybe still this day that they have actual tailgaters in Carolina, like football <laughs> style. There's people out there with the flags, barbecues, fucking growing it up. I'm like, oh yeah, this is pretty cool the way they embrace and, and oh, yeah. make that culture there. Like that's going to fire you up. Yeah. I've seen it even on the internet. People are like, they're planning on when they're going to tailgate at the game. It's crazy. I've seen it firsthand. I, my draft year, 2002, shout out to our boy, Princey, who posted a picture last Fuck week. Fuck, was your hair great in that yeah. pick? Lupo looks, up, like, Lupo looks like he's going to church in that picture. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, he was goody two-shoes back then. He didn't even swear. Um, so, no, they they brought, like, the 10 top picks, you know, to the to the Stanley Cup finals. Well, that year it was Detroit and Carolina. Uh, Scotty Bowman, Larry Onoff, Stevie Y, Lidstrom, Chelios, you name that it. That was your draft Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, so we go there for games three and four. Um, it was split at the time. We get in there straight to Hooters with the NHL credit card. Me, Nasher, <laughs> Bowmeister, Loopal. We go right there. We're just crushing beers. I saw Hooters. Ryan Whitney in that picture. Oh, yeah. Whit was there. Yeah. So, so and hold then, on, they so, gave you an NHL credit card? Yeah, yeah. Wow, what a league. Yeah, what uh, a league. Dave Keon, shout out to Dave <laughs> Keon. He's in, he's in the penalty box there in Toronto. <laughs> anyway, I hope I didn't get you in trouble there, Keon. But uh, yeah, so we go, you know, we're only 19. But we all had, I had Jarrett Stoll's fake ID at the time. And a uh, couple good looking guys. Yeah, there. so we go in there, but talk about tailgating. That fan support in Carolina for that was insane. <laughs> they didn't sit the whole the whole. Uh, length of the game and it went into triple overtime boys I don't know if you the people in Carolina remember this guy it was heartbreaking Victor Kozlov backhand cheddar bar down corn dogs corn dogs Jackie and it was fucking at the time it was literally 1 30 in the morning like it was crazy it, it went in and by that time it's like okay score goal we're sitting on the glass in the corner uh, but pretty pretty memorable experience to uh to be there as a young kid and watch that you know, watch that go on. Did what they you... give you the credit card after the game? Too? <laughs> no, no, we, no, no. We we booked, we booked her home the next day, so we watched one game. Broadway, see what happens. Trochi, you're a third rounder. See what happens when you're first fucking rounder. You go to the finals, give you a credit they card. Well, you know how yeah, I act. I, they weren't exactly giving me the credit card, but I made them give me the credit. I don't know if I got per diem at my first trading camp. They're gonna ask, well, <laughs> "Hey, O'Brien drafted the eighth round, two fifty. I didn't get my per diem here." <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Trochi, before I turn over to Broadway for the next one, dude, I watched you boys the other night. You had the Hartford Whalers jersey on, and I thought those Sick. jerseys Woo. fucked. Were you, are you boys fired up to wear them, or just, is it just whatever it is what it is? 
Oh, they're incredible. I love them. I wish we wore them more. We only wear them yeah. two times this year. I wish we wore them every game. Yeah. I love them. Those are unreal. With the Mrazic had the pads too with the whalers on it. They were fucking yep. You guys were looking sharp. Who do you think? He goes of, all out with the pads. Who do you think of when you watch that? I, yeah, I obviously like Rock'em Sock'em back in the day. I, I think of fucking, honestly, like first came to mind was Chris Pronger, Jeff yeah, O'Neill. Shanny. Shanny. Brendan Shanahan was yeah, that. He used to rock that one. Yeah. I was Kevin Deneen wore it, didn't he? Dino. <laughs> your boy Dino. Did you have you want to get Dino on? Did Dino, <laughs> Dino, was, Dino was my your, rookie year. He was, right? Oh, my I missed God. him. I got, we I got should have Dino check, on. check got hired when I was there. I'd love yeah, to hear the stories he has of me because, fuck, I was a long couple years do you know, you know one of my favorite stories ever with dino was how much him and steger would go at it <laughs> and the one the one practice steger decided to just start flipping pucks out of the ring oh, yeah. That? yeah that's one of my favorite I do stories remember of that. all time and who was it was it murph can was just it? like losing it well like, yeah. i can tell it yeah. but he almost tried to fight me in pregame skate oh, right before no. the playoff <laughs> <laughs> he's like what the fuck are you laughing at upshaw i'm like I don't know. I, I think uh, someone farted in the corner. Yeah. I don't know. Oh fuck! What do you you think this is funny? I'm like, wow, we're we're tied one one. Like we had a game tonight, but yeah, I'm allowed to laugh. Yeah, yeah. Know, I'm not laughing at you. It was a weird. <laughs> in fact, it was a weird dynamic. But yeah, we should have Dino on. Before game three, you guys playing Jersey tried to fight you. Yeah, it, uh, at home. It's got to be frowned upon by GM. I would think, right? <laughs> he was looking at me. He had a he has a crazy look too, and he looks I, at you. I had Dino his first year coaching pro in Portland. And let's just say the X's and O's were not, they weren't exactly fucking, he wasn't the system brain. He wasn't fucking Scotty <laughs> Bowman behind there, but he was a good character. He made guys motivated to play, right? Like, yeah. And then I'll, I'll give him this. I'm in he's St. Louis. He's a good Louis. dude. I like Dino. I, yeah, totally. I'm in St. Louis on a tryout and I'm, I'm busting my balls, right? It's like, this is now, you know, talk about having to show up, right? I was a national leaguer for 13 years and all of a sudden I'm on a tryout at 32 years old. It wasn't exactly perfect, but we're playing the Chicago Blackhawks in St. Louis and uh, Colton Pareko as a rookie takes a clapper from like the hash marks and I'm in front of the net and I take it right in the ankle <laughs> and I'm skating off with just like the most like, you know, it's a heavy shot and, and Dino's looking at me and I'm on the bench now and I'm like, Oh my God. And he's looking and he's like, are you like, he's giving me like, are you okay? He was the assistant coach in Chicago. And I'm like, I'm like I'll get through this. Like I, if my ankle's not broken, I have a shot to make this team. <laughs> if it is, I'm done. I'm hanging him up. Tape an advil on it. Like you said, but uh, no. So, I mean, he, he has a, you know, he cares about his players and obviously, you know, I think his time in, in, Florida was a little bit stressful at times. For so, sure. And yeah. the thing about Dino is the way he played the game. That's like, totally. when, when there's sometimes like, I didn't agree with this coaching, I was like, this guy played the fucking game the right way. But, bro, we got one more for Trochi? Yeah, Troch, I just wanted you to talk to us about the experience of uh, playing on that Team North America and that oh. uh, it was a 2017 World Cup. What was like the team mindset going up against those other countries? You guys were obviously under 25 and had to play against all these top dogs in the world. Yeah, under 20. I think we were all under 23. It was. Even younger. It was like, I think going into it, we were all like, we didn't really know if we were going to either get shit kicked or shit kick everyone. It was just kind of, we're a really young team. We're going up against the best in the NHL, the best in the world. Um, so we just kind of went into it and like, we're like, all right, well, if we win, we win. If we don't, we don't. Mm -hmm. And I remember we played, um, we had like an exhibition game. Our first exhibition game was against uh Team Europe. Team Europe. I got to follow up. Keep going, Trochi. And we beat the shit out of Team Europe. It was like 7-2. to two. I just remember seeing Eichel, McDavid, McKinnon just flying around, making people look silly. 
and then after that we kind of had some confidence and um going into the tournament we're like well well i mean we could probably do some damage trochi i was watching that game in newport and you guys are playing Team Europe, and you guys are fucking flying. And Big Z is out there. And I don't know how many skates Big Z got in the summertime, but I text Lupo. I'm like, hey, are you at home? He's like, yeah. I'm like, fire on ESPN right now and watch these young North American kids, what they're doing to Big Z out there. It was just spin cycle. Like, you guys you guys were fucking flying. I'm like, uh, like right then I was like, Troach, you guys got a chance. Yeah. And not to mention, it was maybe the most fun 30 days I've ever had in my entire life. Like, the guys – we went from Quebec City to Montreal to Toronto. We had seven or eight games in 30 days, and 23 nights we went out and we're just having an absolute time. Oh, that's awesome! It was Those incredible. Major cities to have a good time in too. The up dog. Yeah, Quebec City. City. I'd never been there before. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I've never been there too. I heard the the, the ladies are pretty solid. I heard it's a good little spot. I was there at the Pee Wee Quebec tournament chasing. Them. <laughs> <laughs> you were you were in Pee Wee, right? Oh yeah, yeah. You were in Pee Wee, hundred percent. We used to meet all the French girls in the stairwell at the Colisee. Oh, oh my god! And and we all took French immersion back then, so we were able to hit on them. And you know, we 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 we. I think most guys at thirteen were playing mini hockey in the hallways. Were there. No, guys on my team were smoking cigarettes, and chasing girls. Fort McMurray, the boys are smoking. We darts. did win though. Hey, hey, winners, fuck. That's exactly right, Trochi. You guys got uh, – who you got next year? Let me look. You got the Predators. Nashville's been playing yeah. hot. But, listen, I'm hammering you yeah. guys tomorrow night. So, good luck. Trochi, we all love you. Appreciate it. Good luck down the stretch. And thanks for joining us, fella. Yep. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Trochi. Thanks, Trochi. Yep. Appreciate it, buddy. So, thanks to Vincent Trocheck. Fuck, we all play with him. He's an absolute beauty. Broadway, great job getting him on the on the pod. We appreciate that. And, and what were your thoughts of, you know, you grew up with Troche. You guys played young and now seeing him be a leader in the NHL. Yeah, it's awesome seeing the, the player he developed in. And to be honest, I'm not surprised at all. I remember that summer that I thought I was going to re-sign with Florida and get absolutely paid. I was bragging to my dad, this could be one of the best centermen that I'll play with in this league. And he's gone on to prove me right. And no, I'm just proud to see that he's uh, continuing to light the lamp here for Carolina. Yeah, he's really turned into a good a good player. Two ways. I mean, point of game player, a guy that, you know, things didn't work out in, in Florida. And like we've said before in this podcast, there's just so much opportunity out there when things don't work out on one team to go to another and, and find success and have a new coach and new teammates. And he's done just that. And, and a shout out to him for, you know, Mentioned my name when he said uh, leaders. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who are the guys off he used ice, to look up to? Off, off ice, ice leader. Off but it's, ice. Uh, it's nice to be recognized. No, you worked that, hard. You know? you were, I was. You were a pro. I got to. You don't play seven hundred fifty without being a pro. That's right. right. Man, without right. being a good guy, yeah. Because the good guys don't last. To Trochi, thanks, Trochi. I didn't want to bring it up when he's on here, but when I first got sent to the minors from Calgary, I went down to Abbotsford, British Columbia, which is nothing like Vancouver, British Columbia, by the way. <laughs> but we played in San Antonio and. I mean, it's a suspension now. I hit Trochi. Like, yeah, and then I got back to the and the guys like, that kid's like a top prospect. I'm like, fuck, I didn't fucking know. So next year, I come to camp with Florida. I meet him through you guys, and I'm like, hey, uh, Troch, Shane O'Brien. I'm like, fuck, sorry about that hit. But he's like, yeah, you almost broke my back. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, then I played with him. He came down to San Antonio, and the one thing I like about Trochi the most was we were kind of in the same boat in a different situation. I thought I should still be in the NHL from a veteran perspective, and he was too good from a rookie perspective. But he handled it great, played great, and then sure enough, he got called up and joined you boys for your playoff race. So, Obes, fella. Thanks to our sponsors, DraftKings to be one, our Friday night challenge, top titty. Uh, we hope everyone signs up this week and uh, gets their picks in. 
plays hard, gets her uh, gets her name up in that standings against the fellas. It makes Friday nights way more enjoyable. Boys, we got to thank Good Life Colvin for keeping us looking fresh as we're walking the mean streets of Boston and you guys are cruising down Newport Beach. I got my Good Life socks on right now and my Good Life sweatshorts and the balls are breathing nice up. Yeah, they sure do. They're they breathing. sure do. I can't I can't take this Henley off the green too. It <laughs> makes my eyes pop. I don't know if it's the shorts or the holes in my underwear, but my nuts are breathing nice up. <laughs> and up dog, Scoopsy, Canada dips, Oppie, we got lip boomers in. I mean, this stuff's unreal. You know what? It's good for relaxation too. For chewers, for it's in your mouth, but for non-chewers like you, it's relaxing, sits nice. Thank you to Lip Boomers. Yeah, Canadips. And thank you to you listeners. Yes. Uh, tune into our uh, sign up for our giveaway on our website, www.missingcurfew.com. Our giveaway, um, you know, add us on all of our channels, add our sponsors, uh, support the family, be part of the Missing Curfew family. And until next week, boys. Missing Curfew.